are listening to The Chomp Cast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for art. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to Patreon.com slash SwordChomp and uh, look for our VIP tier. Our patrons and our Patreon support uh, means the world to us, but we'll get into that a little bit more later. We have a huge show today, and I apologize right off the bat. I'm recovering from a cold, so I got a very deep and soulful voice today um <clears throat> so so my apologies but uh we have one of the most polarizing games since maybe sea of thieves to talk about um it was released uh just about a week ago and we'll have a full roundtable debate for anthem the new bioware destiny like game um that has critics and gamers divided and to complement that we have a host of polls to complement the and <laughs> to complement that we have a complimentary that's a lot of compliment there. I didn't realize that when I wrote it. Um, <laughs> to compliment that, though, we actually have a host of polls from our Instagram community, at Swordchomp on Instagram, where they voted on a bunch of Anthem-related topics that we can get right into that discussion. So that's going to be a lot of fun because um, we have an incredible community and they have a lot of passion and thoughts about Anthem. Um, and hey, if shooters aren't your thing, we got some Pokemon Direct talk. That's right. Pokemon Sword and Shield were announced, and we have our full thoughts on the early details starters in the franchise in general uh, for the topic of the show like where we want to see it going are we disappointed all that good stuff and um we have a lot of thoughts from the sword sword chomp instagram community on that as well so that's going to be a lot of fun because we love talking pokemon um our listeners also sound off on whether prostitution should be legalized at this point in america and ganon continues to haunt fish's nightmares forever uh, I'll have my final thoughts on Far Cry New Dawn and much, much, much more. But um, we're trying a new format this week, um, so we want to get your feedback on how the show goes, especially our patrons, um, because you know, your support means the world to us. So what we're going to try this week is sort of um, get right into the show topic and then all those, that fun um, sort of banter that we have between each other as friends. We talk about our lives and games and stuff. We're going to try and backload that at the end of the show. So this will be experimental, but it should be a lot of fun. So I'm going to kind of introduce the crew you've been talking to here as we get right into the topic of the show, which, of course, is them Pokemans. Um, so Joshua Fowler is here, uh, the Jimmy Rustler from Michigan. Uh, Josh, uh, the first question, of course, is what, who are you going with? You got uh, Sobble, Grookey, mm. the bunny yeah. that I forgot the name. It's weird. I'm normally a grass type, which is weird. Nobody's a grass type. Nobody. Nobody. It's just, it's not done. But that rabbit, the fire rabbit, is just so cute. Really? I may have to go fire type for the first time ever. Fuck yeah. Makes sense. Gas, grass, or ass. Mm -hmm. I mean. (laughs) That's Josh's motto. We all know that. Exactly. Josh usually picks the grass, but today he's picking the gas. Mm hmm. Yeah, I guess. Um, okay, if you wow, think so... about it, if you think about it, yeah, fi- okay. fire, gas, grass, uh-huh. grass, and uh, every smart piss- person will pick the ass, like, that's good ass, which will be Sobble, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, the sad ass. Yeah. Uh-huh. The sass. That doesn't sass. make any sense to me. Yeah. Fish, just See, that's, that's the only thing, though. If you pick, fish, come on, this is if simple you pick, math here. pick the water type, though, you get to see him get his groove back. As you go through the game. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's, it's true. character arc, yeah. right? Yeah. He's going to have the best Sobble's arc, Sobble's new sure. groove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the spinoff. That's the next character. <laughs> How Sobble got his groove back. Um, th- that surprises me. So, wow, you're in the Score Bunny camp. 
Okay. I right. think so. We'll see. Like, I'm going to do more research by the time the game comes out about, you know, what I really want, but likely. <laughs> you're going to cheat is what you're saying. You're going to cheat. You're going to look into the evolutions and types and stuff. No, I'm just kidding. That's like, we all do that. Well, it's weird, Josh, because it looks like he has, um, like, a bandage or something on his, on his nose. But anyways, uh, okay, it's good. So we're going to pop around the room here, get everyone's first starters before we launch the discussion. Fish. I already saw you giggling a pleasure. The Filipino Johnny Depp is here. Um, mm-hmm. Fish, are you going with Score Bunny too? Is this Team Score Bunny? Team Score Bunny here. Yeah, yeah. I what like is that it? rabbit. There's something about it. he looks like a scrappy type of fighter almost. I'm pretty sure they're going to go the generic route of firefighting at the end of it all. Um, <clears throat> even though last generation they changed it up and made fire dark, but that Pokemon still had, you know, biting type moves and was um, a wrestler type. So, <laughs> what's funny, he's <laughs> the most fighting looking type of all the fire types so far, and yet he was dark type, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with uh, Inferno, God, the names escaped me. What was he called? Inferno. Inferno. Inferno Roar. That's right. Yeah. Inferno. No, oh, That's no, the... Incineroar, Incineroar. Fish, you, I sucked you into the wrong name. I <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, I was leading you along. I didn't know which path. gen we were going with since you were going all over the place with that one. God, they all blend <laughs> together, don't they? There has been a fighting a fire ape in Gen 4 called uh, uh, Infernape, and he was pretty lame, let's be honest. Nobody uh-huh. likes Infernape. Oh, <laughs> um, Yeah. But so everyone's excited about this new monkey Grookey, like it's the first time. There was other monkey Pokemon, goddammit. Okay, so you're on Score Bunny train. All right, Fish. I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised. Um, mm. But it looks scrappy, and you're hoping he's going to be a fighter. Uh, what, what about you, Shay? Professor Layton is here from Japan, as always. Who are you going with? Sobble. Sobble, you know that's it. my boy. Sobble. All right. That's right. I mean, it looks like a lizard, and I am quite the fan of Tokages. So I mm-hmm. am totally, totally going with a lizard, man. But it's, I actually think it's a chameleon. I'm like 99.9% sure it's a chameleon. And that's, that's kind of new. That's new for, uh, new for Pokemon type, or not type, but animal types. So I'm really excited for it. Um, I've noticed though that over the years, I think I've picked the water types more than I would have expected. You know, like Gen 5, I went with, uh, uh, what was there? What was that one's name? The the Froki the frog? No, that was Gen Six. That turned in that oh. turned into Grey Ninja oh. or whatever. Yeah. Oshawa yeah, went with Grey Ninja. Oshawa, Oshawa yes, yeah. thank you. Samurai. It turns into Samurai. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I went with that one. I went with. <laughs> I went. I don't. Yeah. No. Okay. So Gen Five and Gen Six, I definitely went water. But Gen Seven, I went with the the owl. Mm-hmm. So. I just love the idea that someone's listening to this and just hearing us spout off a bunch of weird names. Uh, Samurat, <laughs> Oshawott. Uh, so this is what owl. four <laughs> simultaneous strokes sounds like. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's like, um, it's like when you Pokemon take a video on YouTube that's annoying and you open five tabs of it and just play them like one or two seconds after each other. That's probably the equivalent of what we're talking mm-hmm. about right now. can't say I've ever yeah. done that, but um, sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I was trying to look up water lizards. Uh, this is General Mountain time here, of course. Morgan from Montana. I was trying to look up 
different like water because I was trying to I was trying to figure out what they're based off of. You know, because usually the the animals are like sort of loosely based off something. They don't have to be. It's just fantasy. Like obviously, no such thing as a fire monkey. But you know what I mean. So I was trying to see because to make a lizard like aquatic is kind of an unusual choice. I was thinking. Um, I mean, you could go amph- you could go amphibious, yeah. of course, which you can would evolve be into like... a full on Komodo dragon by the time they're done there. Yeah. That's that would be awesome. Well, Mm-hmm. There is an Asian water monitor, Josh, which is kind of almost sounds like what you're referring to, but um, the which is sort of like a, a it looks sort of like a Komodo dragon that swims around in in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's but the, the weird thing about it is in the trailer they emph- if you watch the direct they emphasized its camouflage, which I thought was interesting because like it comes out of the water and you can't see it; it's just water dripping off of like an invisible shape, and then all of a sudden it appears. So. They're, it looks like they're leaning, they were trying to say that, hey, we're leaning into sort of the camouflage aspects of it, which makes me believe maybe it might have like a psychic type or something weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, trying to think of any other Pokemon that have like camo abilities off the top of my head. Um, yeah, he's well, just going to, each, each evolution is going to give him another, you know, new game plus Metal Gear power up. Like he starts off with the optic camo and oh, okay. then he gets the bandana <laughs> and... Then the oh, then the tuxedo. Yeah, and the then tuxedo. Eventually. Yep, <laughs> that's the that's the cool form. The lizard mm-hmm. in the tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that looks interesting because I'm like, I don't know where the fuck they're gonna take that thing, man. Um, nobody here. We, so there's no Grookey love in this group. The monkey is not getting maybe anyone. maybe not so much because of the monkey himself, but just because I normally do grass. So okay, so you might just fall back on your. On your old ways. Possibly. We'll kind of see what, but whenever they show the next forms. But, you know, just based off of the initial evolution, it's, it's got to be, got to be fire yeah. type. Well, the funny thing, well, that's interesting because Grookey, and, and he'll get some love later on in the show, but um, he's basically a monkey and they don't show a lot about him. He looks like he has a, I believe he has like a little bone in his head or a stick. Hold on, I'm looking at the picture right now. Um, look at a little stick through his little, like, leaf hair. And what I was thinking would be interesting, though, is if, because Infernape was more of, like, an agile, like, ninja kind of fire monkey, it would be interesting if Grookey ends up being, like, a gorilla. Because they haven't really had a gorilla-type Pokemon that I can remember. So, that could be interesting. Maybe the grass will go dark this time, and Grookey will actually turn into, like, a menacing. Yeah, and that that sort of thing is kind of what I was thinking. If they go a really different route, with the just just grass type, it's it's mm-hmm. it's always interesting because grass really, really needs some love. There's just not a lot of great grass type Pokemon. So no, and even when they do it, like the no, of my favorite, not really. Yeah. One of my favorite grass type starters was a uh, Torterra because you know I love turtles, and mm-hmm. he was this really cool turtle that had a giant tree growing on his back. You know. Um, it looked kind of like a mythological looking thing, but he's in, in the metagame for people that like in the, he was, has a ton of weaknesses and he was kind of trash yeah. and it was frustrating, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's like, even when they do something cool, he's like, yeah, well, he's kind of sucks. So uh, it's tough, yeah. but anyway, anyways, so that's where we stand on this. Um, it's cool to see on the internet, just what happens when they release a new Pokemon a trailer or something, the whole internet goes crazy and everyone's like, they grab their starter. It's like a thing. Like, I'm going with this person. I'm going with this person. It's like, it's like a thing now. Like, it's like people get excited about the release of Pokemon because 
um, everyone likes to pick their starter. So it's cute. I like to see that going around the internet. It's a lot of fun. And mm -hmm. then you get to argue with people like, what? Like me and oh, Fish, I told Fish I put him on the spot. And this is great. Because, um, you know, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't do that. We had the funniest conversation. I put it up on the at uh, Swordchomp Instagram page. But basically, one of our good friends, Ryan, who's a VIP for Swordchomp Patreon, he was giving me shit for because I, um, I like Sobble. And because he, he said that I like to live off of the sadness mm -hmm. of other people. Because I was giving fish shit for uh, um, probably Smash Brothers or something. I think mm -hmm. it's hilarious that they've leaned into that after their last water type was sadness. They just didn't realize it. And actually made their oh, water the... type sobble. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the seal thing. Yeah, um, the seal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God, I was just, yeah, that's, that's um, <laughs> why am I having so much trouble remembering his name? I feel like I'm having a, a brain, it's going to come to me randomly in the middle of the show. Mm -hmm. But it was Poplio? Poplio, yes. Thank you, Fish. Poplio. Poplio mm -hmm. was controversial, too. He was kind of cute, but also, I mean, he had a clown nose. Come on, get out of here. Nobody wants a Pokemon with a clown nose. Unless you did, which I respect your decision, listener. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand it. Um, anyways, I was like, he was giving me shit because I, I was going to pick Sobble and I live off of Fish's sadness and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I was like, but he's going with Grookey. So I was like, look, man, monkeys fling their own poop. Just remember that. And then Fish jumped in and he was like, well, monkeys also jack off in front of people. So, so there's that. And I was like, all right, Fish, I'm kind of interested in the monkey now again. You turned <laughs> turn me around. Um, and then Fish sent me the greatest voice message in the history of voice messages that went a little something like this. I need you to reenact it, Fish. I'm not going to play it. Oh. Why don't you just play it? Oh, God damn it, Fish! I'm sorry. Can you, just, can you just do it for me live? No. You put me on the spot. I'm a little camera I shy. I hate you. I hate you. All right. Well, I'm going to have to find the voice message because Fish wants to kill our radio show. It's not on the radio. Um, <laughs> thank you for killing our radio show, Fish. We got a bunch of callers. This is uh, the Chompcast from 1999 logging out. <laughs> it's, I was listening to it on my AOL earlier. Um, okay, I found it. That, that wasn't too bad of a delay. You know, I'm not surprised by that since you do still have an AOL email account. <laughs> It's sentimental value. I can't get rid of it. You know, you are lucky. I got my first nude on there. That that email address auto-completes. Because if I actually had to type in at AOL.com to send you something, you'd never get it. You'd get cancer from just mm. doing it, yeah. I know. Yeah, the audio auto-complete really, really gets you off the hook there. <laughs> oh, that auto-complete. Mm -hmm. Okay, I found it, Fish, so you're off the hook temporarily, even though I hate you. <laughs> Um, so this is going to be Fish's response to that discussion. All right. Well, now it's not working, Fish. Thanks a lot. Hmm. <laughs> this is a complete disaster. It's a complete disaster. Hmm. I, I really don't know why it's not working. Well, oh, well. Fish, maybe you can grab your phone. While uh, on this your is phone. horrible. All just because you didn't want to say that horrible thing about that one race on camera. Did, will you just do it, Fish, please, for me? For your boy, Morgan? Hold up, I'm finding it myself. Okay, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's too shocked to do it. But, um, so the interesting thing about while Fish pulls up this voice message is basically, it appears from the trailer that they are leaning into, and this, from what we're gathering, 
the the trailer showed a lot of things that we're pretty familiar with, you know, like um it appears to have random battles still. It appear it looks really nice for a Switch game, but it appears to be sort of that isometric kind of kind of blockyish look to the art design. It appears to be sort of like Pokemon by the numbers. You know, we got three starters, grass, fire, water. And and I know our community in general was kind of torn on that because they were like, okay, well, even the last game, I don't know if you guys played Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu, they experimented with getting rid of the random battles, which was interesting, where you actually could see the Pokemon just wandering around on the map. And a lot of people really thought that was a really cool feature. Um, little did they know that's what they do. With, as someone who's played those games since I was a kid, what they do is... They tease you with these cool features in the spinoffs, and then they take them away because they want to play it real safe um, with the mainline games. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on that. But Fish, it looks like you found it, so um, let's let's hear it. Let's let's hear your dirty monkey. Freakishly good monkey, right? I mean, that's a freakishly good monkey impersonation. <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure that the audio clip was going to be worth all of that hassle. It was. Yeah. I'll give you that. It was. Uh, it, it yeah. Was. I, you can really hear the method acting coming through there. <laughs> it blindsided me, too, because we're having this conversation. I just play this voice message. It just aggressively gets into the monkey sounds, too. <laughs> oh. Fish, you, you have a surprising amount of um, voice talents hidden in that little backlog of yours. Mm-hmm. Of your crazy mind, so. You know, yeah, I, just, I just need to find a way to fine-tune it and, you know, become a voice actor. Or, you know, a sound effects guy. Yeah. Have you been working on that your whole life? Like, you just kind of been refining the monkey? No. No, not it's at just, all. It's natural. You're just a natural. It is natural. I, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure I got a little bit of monkey in me. So, well... That's weird, because some people believe that we all came from monkeys. That's funny. Weird. Yeah. I was, uh, I'm a little bit concerned with that. Why yeah. you're letting a, a monkey <laughs> inside of you, but, <laughs> you Oh, know. I didn't catch that. Mm. I, I eat monkey. Monkey no, brain. No. Mm. The best oh, part delicious. of the monkey. Mm. Too much Indiana Jones for you, Fish. Got into your childhood. Um, anyways, so how did you guys, from what you guys saw, official uh, throw to you first, now that you're telling us about monkey brains, from just what we saw in the direct, what is your general feeling about this game overall? Um, it looks like they are indeed, like you said, playing it pretty safe, and I doubt they'll deviate too far from their formula. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's any indication to, like, the past seven generations, it's pretty much going to be the same thing, um, just better graphics. Um, I guess what I'm hoping for in this new generation, though, is I'm really hoping that they, the world seems more alive with the Pokemon, you know, going on around. Because I remember back in Gen 2, when you first move into, or I think you move into your house, or no, it was Gen 3, when you're moving into a house mm-hmm. and you see Machoke, like, moving boxes around inside the house. As a kid, that kind of blew me away, and I had to sit there for a second and think, oh, yeah, no shit, they would have Machoke, this strong Pokemon helping move furniture around in a house to help out people as they're changing locations and stuff like that. So I hope there's more, like, environmental type of stuff, given that, you know, it's on a much, uh, 
capable system that's able to kind of um, process all that. So I'm hoping there's more stuff like that that's kind of world building through um, stuff like that in the game. But um, other than that, like, I don't think they're going to make anything change up anything as far as like combat goes or um they they could change up the structure of uh the gym battles but i did not like how they did it in gen 7 to be honest uh, while it was different and appreciated that they did do that i i kind of just wanted the old system back at that point oh yeah um, with the trials where you had to go yeah they tried they tried it differently like there was a trial you had to go through and it it was kind of the same idea, just kind of a different wrapping, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was yeah. a little weird. Yeah. Um, what about you, Shay? I agree largely with Fish. I would like to see some more actual interaction between both Pokemon and owners. You know, I would like to see it become more of a community-based type of system where, you know, you're walking and you you come upon this, like, town that's, primarily a like a dock town and you see pokemon helping humans you know wandering or wandering around and that would be a really cool thing i think it would make the game a little bit more immersive uh than it already is and i i think it would just breathe, like fish is saying breathe more life into the game to see those kind of interactions i would also like uh we talked about this when sun and moon was coming out we talked about how we wanted to see some changes to the typical formula. And I think with Sun and Moon, um, we, we saw some of those changes. We saw the Alola forms, which added a little bit more um, strategy to the game. We saw the, the gym battles be changed up into trials. But I feel like to me, I think I feel like those changes were safe changes. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like with Alola forms, you take a Pokemon and make it look like a cool alternate form. It's basically another form of a shiny, and you're adding, like, the additional concept of changing its type. That's awesome. I think that was a welcome change. But it's still a safe change, you know? Uh, I want them to... I want them to you know, really take this Pokemon game and really, really put some change in there. You know, give give more incentive for wandering around in the world. You know, like, if you, if like what Fish is talking about, there, there are more Pokemon in the environment, that alone right there gives the game more reason, gives you more reason to wander around in the game. You know, you're wandering through the forest and you happen to see just some monkeys hanging out in a tree. That would be awesome to, you know, happen upon that and then go fight that Pokemon. You know, I don't know from a, uh, I guess from a procedural or from a programming standpoint, how difficult that would be to integrate something like that. But, um, I think that it would definitely, I think it would definitely, add more to the game and it would make me want to investigate more and it would just make me want to spend more time. I think that, 
I think that would kind of go along the lines of what we talk about with Sea of Thieves, which are just kind of like those, um, I'm forgetting the actual, like the technical name, like those happenstance interactions, you know, the those random interactions that just happen, mm-hmm. you know, that would, to me, that would, to me, make the game on the next level. Yeah, yeah. Yes, well, and first of all, I think, Shay, you probably should have meant to say Mankey. There wouldn't be any monkeys. I mean, there's no animal. Well, well, there's, there's <laughs> true, true. I, I'm saying like in general, the monkey types. You know, you have the monkeys. You have the, you have those. What are they? The three different or the four grookies. different? Well, the grookies. Yeah, the <laughs> other types. You know, like you. I think it was like in fifth or sixth gen where you had those three different. You had those three different oh, monkey pan-seer, types that were like pan sage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those ones. Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think well, I think that's what definitely what people want. Um, like quick tangential thing on that before I throw it to Josh because you guys both mentioned that was one weird thing about the the new Detective Pikachu movie that looks pretty adorable is that they really just the Pokemon are just living in that world. Like you can see like a mm-hmm. Machamp like stopping traffic and there's just all sorts of stuff going on. And you know it's just a movie, but it's cool that they're actually just like this is what life would be like if Pokemon were incorporated into it with humans. And uh, yeah. that's what the show always did too, but the games have never really emphasized that. It's always been kind of like here and there, you know. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. Well, it's it's been kind of hit or miss. Like it's like it's never really on a big enough scale, really. Like they'll have you'll you know go into some house and some guy will tell you about how all this is happening, but you don't really ever see it. You know, like oh, you know, this is. This is my Pokemon that it helps me in work and has kept me, kept me company all these years, and I love him so much. But you never actually see that sort of thing. Um, nope. Yeah. So yeah, that it, that is the sort of thing that I I'm I'm ready to see that. That'd just be really cool, just to have the environment feel a little more alive. Um, like it's yeah. always been charming, but it's never really felt alive in any sort of a way. Uh, and that that would be really cool. I think you that's know, why we're all hoping it was... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I interrupted you. All I was going to say is, Josh, that, like, Josh and I played uh, CrossCode last year, and that that's another area that him and I didn't really talk about the game that the game excelled in, was that the world does feel alive, because you have all these NPCs running around, quote-unquote, playing the game within the game, and, like, you're in an environment you know, fighting monsters, but there are people running by, there are NPCs mm-hmm. running by, and the world really did feel alive, and to feel that in a Pokemon game would just, you know, it would skyrocket it in terms of just, um, I guess, fun factor, really. It, it would be so much more immersive and vibrant of a world. And Pokemon mm-hmm. Ori is a vibrant and lighthearted world, but to see other trainers running around trying to catch Pokemon. Say you guys are going for the same Pokemon and you get mad and then you have this random Pokemon battle with a trainer who's trying to catch the same thing you're trying to catch. Yeah. Things like that. It would just it'd make the world so much more Yeah, I mean, involved. think about think about just all the random trainer encounters you come across that are just standing there waiting for you to walk up to mm-hmm. them. What if they walked around or something? Like, you're all exploring the world at the same time. I mean, like, there are some issues that have to work out to make that sort of thing work, but 
if if that felt more alive, like on all these major, like think about all the like major roads in a Pokemon game. Like you make your way through them, and there are just people all over the place, like just trainers everywhere. It it seems like they're trying to get this feeling across that there are all these other trainers out there, kind of trying to do the same thing you're doing, or you know, if not that, they're they've got their own own thing going on. But there are trainers all over the place. Yeah. None of them move. They're just kind of there. Mm. Um, <laughs> I've been standing by this lake for 70,000 hours waiting for you to walk by so mm-hmm. I can get my ass kicked with my two Pidgeys. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And it made sense <laughs> It made sense in the first few generations. It did. Yeah. Because, yeah, you yeah, know, the limitations of the yeah. game and it added a, l- a little bit of like a puzzle element, added a little bit of a strategy element, you know, because you had to make sure it added a little bit to the even the survival factor of the mm-hmm. series you know you have to make sure that you have enough items to carry you through the, to the next area to the next town and that was cool that worked for the older generations but you know one thing i think nintendo has tried to kind of push away from and progress towards is move is moving from a grindy game to a more user-friendly experience to get everyone involved mm-hmm. and to have trainers just sitting there is kind of like a relic of that grindy area or, or that grindy era. If we were to move forward and exactly what Josh is saying, what Fish and I were kind of alluding to is having these trainers moving around, have the world be more interactive. It would just, I think it would bring Pokemon forward to the next era in, in yeah. Yeah. making it a more active I, I think- real time type of game. And yes, it would it would push it a little bit more to that MMO style, which I think is ultimately what a lot of people really do want out of a Pokemon game. You know, they they want it to be an MMO without it being an officially an MMO. They want an MMO light. They want the Skyrim or I guess I should just say Elder Scrolls version of Pokemon. And that's cool. I I agree. That would be awesome. I don't think it's you know, 100% feasible or possible. But I think, you know, taking some notes out of those type of games and integrating it into Pokemon would keep it fresh and relevant moving into the next generation. And, you know, even as something as simple as having the trainers just quote-unquote randomly moving around and making those interactions make more sense on a Switch game as compared to a Game Boy game where they're just standing there makes it more modern and interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think the reason we're not getting that is because I I was thinking a lot about this, and I think it's because of Game Freak. I think, unfortunately, because if you think about Nintendo, the way they handle their properties, like Breath of the Wild, right? They're always trying to push the envelope, and, and Breath of the Wild is kind of what we wanted, that level of ambition. With Pokemon, you look at something like you, uh, like the way Rockstar is always trying to push the boundary. Like with with Red Dead, all the human beings are on their little cycles, and there's all these random events that can occur, and and just like all this detail, years and years of ambition. I think the problem is that Game Freak is not an ambitious studio. They do, ambition is not something they really seem to care about. You know, like and they don't feel the need to push the boundary every time because they know it's going to sell and people are going to like it, and that kind of sucks because I, I think I've sort of reconciled it in my head that I'll probably. I probably never see that Pokemon game that I have always dreamed about since I mean we used to joke about this on our old podcast back in 2009 like I had this whole thing written out about how 
it could be similar to like Final Fantasy 12, like the way the combat system worked and this and that. And like, here I am, I'm, I mean, I'm 32 years old and it's, I'm getting the same stuff. So I, I think in my head, it doesn't mean I'm not really looking forward to it, but I think I've like reconciled the fact that it's probably not going to happen. Um, for better or worse. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. You know. Not to not to kill it on a bummer there, but it just doesn't <laughs> it, if it hasn't if they haven't been changing now, then I don't I don't see it happening. But um Well no it is a new system though. I mean it they technic their technical limitations were showing in um a sun and moon. Um on the 3DS, yeah. Uh, yeah, on yeah. the 3DS, and it, you could tell they're trying to push the boundaries, but they weren't, you know, necessarily um, getting the job done with that system. And I'm guessing with the Switch, like they're going to have a lot more um, freedom with that better processor on there. Um, I'd imagine with the Switch that they they can do a lot more stuff on screen, whether it's you know a shinier, more uh, well, look at Breath of the Wild. That game or... is Breath of the Wild is an incredible technical achievement. It's right. on the fucking Switch. I mean, there's no excuses right. at that yeah. point. Well, yeah. The excuse though is just the scale of it. Like when you have 150 different creatures that all need unique animations, if they're actually going to do something other than just have them, you know, go jump and then have a particle effect go off every time you hit any ability. Um, it, it's, that increases the workload so unbelievably much that I just, I, like, I agree with your initial thought it's never going to happen. Like, I just, I don't think it's feasible for them to actually have different animations for all these different Pokemon in some sort of, you know, MMO scale game. Like, just, just because of the number of enemies, the number of different Pokemon that you can play, um, mm-hmm. it just, it balloons up so unbelievably quickly just because of the number of different character models. Because it's not like in a lot of games where they can make basically reskins of essentially the same creature over and over again, because the Pokemon are all so ridiculously different that they'd have to have completely different animation yeah. sets for all of them. Well, what if what if it was like the old school Final Fantasy, Josh? What if like everything in the world was exactly what we wanted, but when you made contact with a Pokémon or initiated combat, it changed to more of a traditional rock paper scissors kind of combat system. You know, like old Final yeah. Fantasy where it was this living breathing world but then you'd get into like combat screen. And I think that's the closest we're going to come at least in the near future just because of the just the workload required for doing that just because they've always made the scale of these games pretty big like they've always just been big games there's so much to do in them there's just hours and hours that you can sink into them um that yeah it's just changing one thing about the way all 150 pokemon or whatever there are for the new gen R is just yeah. that's a, that's a huge ask. Like every new feature, if it has to have something yeah. unique for 150 things, is a big ask. It is, but I'm just saying, people, there are games that are doing it. If they're mm-hmm. not a lot of them, you know, the Red Dead's and the Breath of the Wilds of the world are not common, but they are out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want to spend eight spend eight years making a Pokemon game, and I get that. 
Maybe they don't. You know, everyone, everyone's different. Yeah. They want to make that money. But, um, yeah, I will say this. It's funny, John. When Fish said the thing about the uh, Switch being more powerful, I realized that this epiphany, that this is the first time, technically, that Pokemon is going to be on a home console. Because if you think about it, Game Boy, mm-hmm. Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, DS, 3DS. Technically speaking, even though the Switch is portable, you plug the thing into the dot. It is a home console. This is the first yeah. time they've actually had a Pokemon mm-hmm. game on a home console. So if it is just the same old thing again, then mm-hmm. that is a wasted opportunity, I would say. Yeah. And, that, and we can't give them the pass anymore of like, well, technical limitations is like, no, I mean, <laughs> you could have done it. You just don't want to. And yeah, that's their decision, I guess. Um, Anyways, got some good comments to get to. Also, it was funny when you and Shay were mentioning that fish. I thought of the idea of like walking to an old man's house and he's like telling his far fetch to go get his erection pills. And it's like, and it waddles off into his back room, <laughs> climbs up on his sink, knocks the fucking mirror open with his little stick, grabs his pills. And, and like when the old guy doesn't wake up in the morning, he's like slapping him with his little stick. Like, I would just like to see like little everyday, like, like, you know how like certain games you can follow people around and they have like, interactions with things and cycles that they go through like mm-hmm. do, it, that's that stuff would be really cool yeah that, just that's, fun with it. that's just a little weird though whenever a kid walks into an old man's house and he asks for the pills, pills immediately he's gonna call him love pills go get my love pills <laughs> nina wants some loving tonight i mean there's there gotta go. be some dark shit in pokemon there is there is dark shit hidden in pokemon we've talked mm-hmm. about this before it's yeah. there yeah um, anyways, we got some good comments to get to, and we can respond to. I don't know why I did that. <clears throat> so, at Sword Chomp Instagram, every Thursday, we drop a question of the week, basically a topic of the show. We try to bring the listeners in to discuss whatever we're talking about. And we have some uh, interesting thoughts on the new Pokemon launch trailer. Uh, Billy underscore Dottie said, Pokemon games have been stale for the past decade, and this new game doesn't seem like it'll change the formula that much. Having said that, it's the first mainline game that is coming out for Nintendo's home console. Hey, I just said that. Weird. Um, we're on the same wavelength there. Boom, boom. So uh, I will give it a shot. Pokemon Sword it is and Team Sobble all the way. Good job, Billy. Team Sadness. Team Sad. Team, mm-hmm. team Emo. <laughs> I think we should call us Team Lacrimose. I think that has mm. a better ring to it. Does it? It does. It does. It does. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. yeah, we know. <laughs> I don't know what it means, so if you don't either, <laughs> welcome to my world. Fish, what does lacrimose mean? Beats me. There we go. Me and Fish are on the same team, but he never sticks up for me when I'm lost. He just goes, well, I hope he doesn't mention me in this thing. <laughs> well, the, the reason why he's not sticking up for you is because we are Team Lacrimose. He is Team Gas. Mm. Oh, that's true. He's Team Team Gassy. Team Gassy! Boo! <laughs> no, it's funny about that, though. The score bunny, actually, if you look at it, it looks like he has a bandage on his nose. Like, maybe he's having trouble mm-hmm. controlling his, his own fire. Band- I don't know. It's probably just a design thing, but if you look at his nose, it looks like he has a Band-Aid or something on there. Kind of weird. Probably yeah. means nothing. Hmm. Like, almost like he's a fighter. Like he's well, been, been in a yeah. few fights and he's broken his nose, you know? It's true. What if he turns out to be really... God, 
yeah anyways that's tangential and i want to not do that um reverend underscore rock and roll liked our joke fish he said i see no negative attributes for the monkey you know it's flinging shit <laughs> off in front of <laughs> kids aren't ready for that my first time i took my daughter to a local pet store and they have monkeys there and scarred her forever um this is a controversial comment uh we actually have a pet store here with monkeys it's uh, it's got like five or six monkeys in it it's pretty cool um and they're very, actually really very curious what the monkeys did to scar your daughter oh you can't talk about this, this is a, just the program for you talk, families this is... are you talking about are you talking about the pet store in great falls yeah yeah that place fucking sucks well on, that man. place is fucking terrible but they do have monkeys. They do have monkeys. The sadness yeah. walking into that shop was something it's, else. Yeah, and that's weirdly, weirdly, that is a tourist attraction mm-hmm. in our well, hometown. Well, at least when Morgan's taking you around town, he seems to drag everybody in there. Like, hey guys, come look at this turtle. It's friggin' huge. <laughs> oh, I did, that's right. I took Josh there too. Yeah. <laughs> we saw the big turtle. They have well, a big ass these... turtle there. Right? That's like, look at well, these monkeys. They... Mm-hmm. They have a yeah, I know you notice that smell. That's because they fling <laughs> shit on the walls and they never clean it. Don't worry about it. Shea, the place is absolutely. Like there are fish in these tanks. Believe me, um, you can't see them, but there are fish in there. <laughs> if you open the top, this. you can see them floating dead at the top. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm they sure they'll have like, a happy life in the next yeah. one. They have this like side room where you used to have to pay like a dollar to get into, but that's where they keep the exotic animals. Yeah. Um, yeah there's a cockatiel a in the back yelling, Kill me! Kill me! <laughs> Kill a- me! There's a fucking reptile. He's wrapped a vine around his neck and is hanging himself <laughs> from the top of his tank. <laughs> this is sad. Come on, guys. <laughs> Seriously, it, like for for context, so you like anyone who doesn't know that isn't from Morgan's and mine hometown. Basically, it's a pet store that has almost zero health code uh, rules whatsoever. It just is absolutely disgusting in there, and it stinks. And the animals are so fucking sad; they do not look healthy at all. It's depressing. It's really depressing. And uh, I used to love going there as a child because, you know, pet stores were more more of a thing, you know, back when we were younger. And, you know, when you're five years old, you don't think about, oh, this dog's eyes are crusted shut because nobody takes care oh, of it. Oh, stop. You're it. killing me, shit. No, no. Like, nobody thinks about that shit when you're five years old. But then when you're an adult and you realize, oh, wow, there's ethics. And then you go into this pet, mm. uh, this pet store. It's rough, man. It's rough. So that place should be so, closed down. That's all I'm saying. And I feel very, 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 very bad for every single animal in there, including the monkeys. Cool. All right. Tirade and rant over. <laughs> uh, sh- <laughs> sh- this is kind of a controversial comment, so, but I like to read it anyway just so we can discuss it. Um, equal opportunity. Hatred here. Shit ain't real said, I think Pokemon games are bad, but I love the concept and I wish that the games hooked me. I'm turned off by the blocky presentation of the world. I hate random encounters. I don't only have, uh, I hate only having four move slots. I think the turn-based battles are bad because there's no real strategy. 
The franchise's story has become too formulaic, and I can't trudge to another 30-hour game of the same thing. Okay, couple things here. There are some interesting points that he makes, but I have to say that there is a little bit of a preconception of Pokemon games that they are not really strategic. Um, as anyone knows, we as a group have gotten really into like the, the breeding and the raising and the battling of them. And the fact that you only get four moves is really, it's really tricky because you have your types and then you can maybe equip a move or two that's not your type as a backup. Your type moves get more of a boost. It makes you decide how you want to raise them. It's sort of like a risk-reward thing. And there's an incredible amount of depth. Like, I'm telling you, as an adult, those games are still really, really engaging, mostly in the competitive scene for me now. But there is a lot. There is a lot there. Um, so I would disagree with that. And, of course, the original Pokemon games are some of the most highest-rated games of all time. But he did say some interesting things that I, I understand, like um, the blocky presentation of the world, random encounters, which were brilliant back in the day, but obviously technological limitations were the reason for them. Um, you know, if you think about red and blue, like the random encounters made perfect sense because that's what video games had. And they found a way to make it truly interesting because you didn't know what creature we're going to come across. It was part of the actual game. But he, like you said, he brings up a lot of, of interesting points here that things that have turned him off. So he sees this and he's like, okay, more of the same. Uh, and the, the stories are bad. I will give you that. The stories are generally pretty terrible. Um, so I get it. I get half of what he's saying. Any thoughts here? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, kind of with what you're saying, Morgan. It would be really cool to see something like you're, you're wandering through a forest and instead of a random inter interaction, you see like a shiny Pokemon just like in the distance and you have to fucking run your ass off to try and catch it because that's like, that's a rare Pokemon. You want to catch that one. That'd be cool. Like those random interactions, I think, and it kind of talks about what we were talking about, or it alludes to what we were talking about earlier. I think they're a little outdated. Uh, as far as the, the four move thing, I, to me, I, I, see, I see both sides of it. It makes more sense to me in the sense of, and I know we've talked about this before in the past, thinking about how, like, as a, as a human being, there are only so many things we can remember. And there are only certain things that we can become adept at. You know, there are only so many things that we can succeed very well at. And so when I think of like a Pokemon, you know, you have all these opportunities to specialize in these different moves, in these different ways. It's kind of like the same thing in, our, in a human's life. You have the opportunity to, you know, like play a certain sport if you if you want to become good at it or to become a musician or to become an accountant like all these things you have the opportunity and it's kind of the same thing for pokemon they specialize in certain moves and that's because you know you can only retain so much information and become good at only so many things and that's kind of how i have always justified the four move system so i i think if they were to add you know like just open the whole move pool up to everyone, I think that would kind of kill some of the strategy. And like you're saying, Morgan, there is a ton of strategy. Um, if you dig deep, you know, Pokemon, initially, they didn't have all those those stat ideas known, like the EVs and the IVs and the nature and all those things. And they've kind of, that's what's made the game more user-friendly over the years, is opening, opening it up to that to allow for more strategy. And I think that if you had a wider move pool, it may kill some of that strategy. And maybe, maybe who knows, maybe it would open it up more. 
but I I think it would be kind of interesting <laughs> if they made a Pokemon game like Active Time Battle and they used kind of like a move pool similar to like a fighting game where you give a Pokemon like 10 or 15 moves that I can launch in active time, but you have to memorize like a combination of buttons to launch that attack. I think that would be kind of interesting, not saying good, but definitely saying interesting. I think that would be something <laughs> fun to see, but I, otherwise I, I don't see a better system for Pokemon than the four move pool, but I can understand why he doesn't like it. I really can. I will say yeah. this on that note. I, I, no, actually, go ahead, Josh. If you have something to say, well, no, I was you. just, I was like, I mean, it makes sense because there, are, like, it's, even in real life, there are only so many things that, you know, a, a person can remember at a given time, um, and there are only so many things you can be adept at. Um, and <laughs> never, I mean, I'm not going to continue with this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I feel like I've heard this before. <laughs> Um, I, you know, interesting. I was just watching some footage, and it looks like, weirdly enough, I know it was a spinoff, but in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, the the Pokemon wander around on the screen, right? And when you get into them, it's it's. But when they actually, when you there is a shiny, like I was just watching a video of a guy catch a shiny Growlithe, you actually see it's shiny on the screen. So he was excited before he made contact with it because it was it was glowing um gold on the screen and it was sparkling and stuff mm. while I was running around. So and that's awesome. That's cool. That's awesome, right? Mhm. Yeah, like it it seems like they're learning. Like they're definitely making progress. It's just slowly. Are, so slowly. Are they though? Because when they make progress, they take it away. Like that is a spin-off game that might not be in this game. They might get rid of that feature. Like, no, everything though. Like the the, the EV is like it, it's yeah, every generation. Every generation they slowly add something else and it's like why do you not just and I'm not mad about it. I know I sound mad. It's just, it's confusing. It's perplexing. Why don't you just add all those things at once? You know, it was awesome that they made it easy for EV training. That was an awesome, awesome addition in Gen 6. Yes, it made it a little bit more simplistic, but mm-hmm. it made it also more user friendly. That's awesome. And then they made Chinese a little bit easier to get, which, you know, some people like, some people didn't. Cool. Uh, they added like those those uh, gang battles. I can't even remember what they're called anymore. Where you could fight like four of the same Pokemon at once. That yeah, was, yeah. That, like they add all these little things, but they do it over each game. And I get it. I get it. You know, you learn and you add that into your next game. But it's been such a slow process. I mean, we're we're gonna slow, be going into yeah. eight generations deep. We're gonna be going into, you know. I think it's over 30 Pokemon games at this point, and they're still trying to... I love... They're still trying to figure out things that they should have added four generations ago. I was trying to to turn eight generations deep into something naughty. You know, you can go with it. I'm I'm glad you stopped. I'm glad you stopped. I, I think the thing that frustrates me the most, like you're saying, Shay, is that, but also they do cool things, and then they get rid of them. Like... The Pokemon follow you around in one game. Oh, that's not going to happen in the next one. Oh, in this one, they're on the screen. Nope, in the next one, they're not. And this one, you know, like, they tease us with these cool ideas that people like, and then they get rid of it. It's like, just fucking listen to your fans. Nobody in the world wants random battles. There is not one human. I'm going to pull it next week. I'm going to write it right down. I'm going to pull it right now. Should Pokemon 
I'm going to put Josh put his headphones back on. I'm going to say, should Pokemon get rid of random battles? And I bet you that poll will come back like 90%. Well, you know, the thing is, too, is, I mean, people in the U.S. may be clamoring for what they want out of a Pokemon game. But for us, um, you know, I'm, my Japanese isn't there yet. I'm sure Josh's is a little bit more attuned, and he could probably, or a little bit more further along, he could probably see some of it. But I bet Japanese people are either more complacent with the Pokemon games the way they are, or they have different kinds of complaints. You know, it's a it's yeah. a cultural thing. And let's be honest, yeah, there's a great market for Pokemon in the U.S., but it's a hell of a lot bigger in Japan. And if they're more complacent than the U.S. people are, well, that's that's the game that people are going to be that <sighs> Game Freak is going to be looking to fulfill. Yeah, is I mean, whoever has the bigger market who's dictating it. Yeah. And if it's Japan, then that's how it's going to stay. Yeah. Have you seen Dragon Quest? <laughs> <laughs> it True. has never changed in the history of. But yeah. e- I think even Dragon Quest has the band the battles on the screen now. That's how crazy it is. Um, Dragon Quest has evolved more than Pokemon. Good God. Uh, Hakuna Matata said, uh, Hakuna Matata 522 said, I am really excited about the new announcement. I wish it would look a little bit better, but I still think it looks great. Hopefully it's not as linear as the older games. Uh, Team Gro- Grookey. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> all the Grookey fans that's, are really going to hate me after this. That's good, though. I'm glad, I'm glad that there is some love for Grookey because, and I'm sorry, there Hakuna, I think it looks like just pile of shit but <laughs> gives it plenty of ammo i'm glad i'm glad there's some love and like look look i'm gonna be honest with you i think uh sava looks like a pile of shit too if i'm being honest well like I, the only I'm one honest, that looks I think good it's the worst batch is of starters in history score bunny so. i think score bunny looks the best yeah. but i love lizards and so that's why i'm going with sobble i'm banking on the fact that sobble will turn into an Look awesome cool. Pokemon. But yeah. one thing we didn't really talk about yeah. is... Sobble don't hoping... need, no, need no man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping this generation, they don't leak everything like they did oh. for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Because I think that really, really, really killed the game for well, me. Like, they leaked everything. Nintendo leaked everything for well, that game. And by the time it was out, I was, I was Pokemoned out. Like... I pl- I started playing the game and I was like, for some reason I already feel like I played this, you know. Like I saw all the Pokemon on social media, I saw all the moves, I saw all the like the different challenges and trials and stuff like that. It just it didn't appeal to me because I already saw it all on social media and I already saw it all through the leaks. Yeah. And I just hope that they keep some of it more under wraps to kind of surprise us for this generation. We have to do a better job of hiding from that stuff as best we can. Like, we have to make a pact to each other not to spoil any of it. None of it. Keep all of it a secret. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was part of of the fun whenever you played, you know, Pokemon Red and Pokemon Gold was you you didn't know anything about the game. As soon as you booted it up, you just knew you were on a Pokemon adventure. And, um, I mean, watching the TV series alongside with them, you, you really are uh thinking about like this grand adventure that you're going to get but into but you just don't know what exactly is going to happen um and what kind of new things are going to add into the game that um essentially you either like or hate but um 
yeah, that's the thing about spoilers, and especially with like Pokemon, like I think last gen, it was either last gen or the gen before that. Um, Morgan was just like spoiling everything for us. Hey, like, hey, gen, you were like you were. It, it, it was almost nauseating. Yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, God, why, yeah. why are you looking? Two at out the of three text words? messages were. Pokemon related for about <laughs> two months before the, the, time. the game came out. Yeah. To be honest, it was it was welcome because that that took away from the six months of No Man's Sky constant messages that we got yeah. the one hundred plus a day of No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. I probably did. I'm not. Gonna so, have you this. seen me looking over this hill? How about it... looking over this hill? Wait, wait. <laughs> this feels very cool too. Uh, let's see. Um, Bad Zach said, "I'm Team Grookey as well." Wow, more Team Grookey. All right, my wife and I are excited for Pokemon Sword and Shield so much so that I may buy another Switch. Wow, mm-hmm. wow, that is cool. I mean, like if my wife was really into Pokemon, I would try to talk her into that too. But she's a tepid fan. She actually thought Grookey looked the cutest until she realized it was a monkey, and then she got really upset. Um. Mr. Hicks 229 said... What's the alternative? <laughs> what? To being a monkey? Well, what's... What's the other way well, to read she, that? She thought it looked cute, but when she... Re- I guess, like, the fact monkeys are just kind of generic to her, so I think that once she realized mm-hmm. it was just a monkey... But uh, from a glance, she just thought it was a cute thing, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. Whatever. Her opinions usually enrage me, but I love her. <laughs> uh, let's see... <laughs> Um, huh. Mr. Hicks is. <laughs> I'm glad that you're finally having that experience, so you can begin to relate to the rest of us. It all comes back it's full circle. <laughs> um, let's see here. Except my opinions are great. Um, right fish. Right fish. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, 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 that's right, Morgan. Yes. Tell Daddy it's right. are great. All right. Um, <laughs> you did call me Daddy before the show started. I I made this joke that the monkey should have a move called instead of sand attack, Josh. They should have a move called fecal fling. Mm-hmm. It does the same thing. It, it it prevents the Pokemon's from seeing and they their accuracy goes down because it's just flinging shit at them. You know, if it turns into a baboon, <laughs> I would like there to be a move called the red button stomp. Oh no, I don't know what that is, but it sounds bad. Is that a butt thing? Like they just put their butt in their face? Well, yeah, you know, baboons' asses are red, right? Yeah, yeah. So, just... <laughs> just leave it at that. Yeah, baboon. They just stomp it with their butt. Exactly. Instead of it being a Fling, brown button, it's a red button. Corn Space said, "Who would have thought that Grookey would have the move defecate?" Well, I would have. I'm not opposed to the new starters, but being a water type fan, I may go with Sobble. Tentative on the final form. Has anyone seen the awesome and disturbing drawings at IDN about how they felt? The final forms might evolve. IGN, sorry. I did not. I don't even want to put anything in my head. Magic here. Last one. This is a hot take from our good friend Ectological. He's coming in fiery hot. <laughs> he says, I quote, <clears throat> this is five words, all right? They are all equally awful. <gasps> oh, no. That's it. You stunned us. I, I, I will say this. I don't think they're awful and they've kind of grown on me, but I feel like the batch of starters over time has slowly gotten, you know, it's, it's like, would you guys say this is the least interesting batch of starter? 
as a closing argument? Or or do you think of another one? Objective. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're missing something. Like, when I saw them, I, at first I thought I was like, is this, like, tentative or something, like, fan-made? You know how, like, fans <laughs> will, like, leak out shit yeah, yeah, yeah. at first? And, um... Well, it's like in the it, eyes. Like, there's something about the way he draws them yeah. now that does. it's a little different, you know? They're, they don't have, like, this charm to them. They're almost just, like, like, they're cute, but they're just missing that Pokemon charm to them. Yeah. And I, I said that was the last one, but I lied, because Justy85 said he hopes they give Rookie some uh, Donkey Kong-esque moves, which would be pretty cool. It's a throw. Give him some. That's what I'm saying. A gorilla. We've never had a gorilla. We're on the. See, we're on the same wavelength here. We need a gorilla in here. Pretty Um, sure we had a gorilla. Pokemon. I'm gonna Google it right now. We had that that sloth thing that looked kind of like a gorilla, and people were controversial. Remember the last form? It was called like um, Slay King, and it was like gorilla esque, but it was technically an evolution of a sloth. Mm. So maybe that's what you're thinking of. See, we got lots of Pokemon knowledge. You can ask us anything. We can pull it. It's just an infinite knowledge of Pokemon bullshit. Um, anyways, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how that transpires. And hopefully we will be surprised when it does happen. I did go- <laughs> I googled. That's so dumb. I googled Gorilla Pokemon. And it just pulled up something fake somebody made. It said Harambe. And it was just a stupid thing. It's so stupid. The internet's so stupid. Thank you, internet. For being so stupid. Um, now, we also want to talk a lot of Anthem. So... This is, this is pretty exciting because Anthem is the highlight of two of our polls this week. We've all been playing a ton of it. This, is, this game is as polarizing to me as Sea of Thieves. Uh, probably Destiny when it launched, which is funny because it's the same kind of game, emulating sort of that game as a service thing like Destiny. Um, everyone was pretty excited for it after E3, but then it seemed like the wave of excitement was going up and down. Of course, Bioware um, did not have a good showing with Andromeda, but they got Casey Hudson back on the staff, who was the creative director for those great Mass Effect games. Um, but we've been playing a lot of Anthem, and we were excited to talk about it. Josh, is there? Sorry, I didn't mean, is you laughing over there? Is there something good I'm missing here? Is this a good joke? Well, no, I was just showing Shay one of the new Pokemon that is not real, but he got very, very concerned when I was showing him. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, the the, the British because yeah, the, the, the game's... British one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The new. So yeah. the game. <laughs> you uh. should check it out if you haven't. Just Google British Pokemon Evolution, I guess. So. Actually, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That doesn't sound like a safe thing to do. Oh, no, no, it doesn't. That isn't. That is worth mentioning though. The trailer did make it look like it was going to take place over across the pond. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God. My sorry, my my wife just messaged me and said she ordered food at six o'clock and it's not going to be here till nine thirty. Cancel it. Okay, so Ugh. that's crazy, right? Ugh. How does that happen? I, mean, a, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know if the cow's it fighting it. I guess they're 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 actually slaughtering the animal right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but so anthem. So Josh, I know you're the first one to kind of sneak into anthem last week. Um. I assume, so what's your progress report? Let's start there. Where are you, like, progress-wise? Um, I am, I don't, I don't know how to say story-wise, because I've been trying to avoid spoilers, since it's actually a Bioware game, and the story has been really good so far. Um, but level-wise, I'm about, I'm over halfway to cap now. 
Um, okay. So halfway in a cap. Yeah. Have you completed the main campaign? No, no. That's what I was no. getting at okay. before. Okay. Um, I've been trying to do basically any side quests that come up because most of them are mechanically not all that interesting because you're basically just kind of going somewhere, killing something for the most part with mm-hmm. slight variations on it. But, you know, from like a story perspective, they've all been all right. Like not as, not as good as the main story, but pretty good. Um, yeah, okay. I've been, I've been really enjoying it. Just, just, just the mechanics of the game itself are really fun. Um, just being able to fly around, just the the mobility you have in this game compared to a lot of others, is really, really impressive. Um, and they they, yeah. I have to agree with you on that, Josh. Mm. Like, um, like I just played the free play uh, last night. I got into it, and I must have spent about an hour, hour and a half playing it. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually did a Twitch stream of it, if anybody wants to see that. But, um, yeah, I was doing that Legionnaire stuff, and Mm -hmm. um, I had most of it done already. Like, two of them already had, like, all of it knocked out, and, like, I had a few more um, bars to fill up, uh, collect, like, um, hidden messages or um, collection items throughout the world. So I decided to knock that out, and... um, it was really fun just like maneuvering through this big expanse world and um like seeing areas that I'm pretty sure eventually like the main story will go to um kind of spoiling certain areas and there was like this one area I went to where it was actually visually stunning where it was like this big I don't know that you start coming across like these big encampments with uh enemies the dominion scars and stuff like that and um it was very interesting to just, you know, like you said, the mechanics of flying around in that game definitely um, is fun and um, something unique in it in that game. Um, but I will say, like, the combat is where it's very lacking for me as far as, like, um, the depth of it and, like, your stats and stuff like that. Not necessarily... It doesn't feel like you're making a change to your character, per se. like. Right now, like, you're getting, like, 5% more ammo on, like, your assault rifle, and these are your stats. And that's, like, that type of stuff is just, like, oh, that's just, like, small, minial type of stuff that just doesn't feel empowering as a player. And doesn't really translate that well as far as, like, feeling like you're progressively making your character better. And it doesn't translate well as well into the combat as well but there are certain like um i forgot what they're called but they're uh, they're components that you can uh equip on your character that can change up change them up like the colossus has uh there's one um one component that you can equip on your character that um makes his shield do 300 300% more melee damage so essentially whenever you equip your shield and you start charging you could one-shot enemies, and I was doing that, and it was changing up my gameplay before that. Like, I was a mm-hmm. Colossus just hovering through the air and shooting down on enemies and then stomping on them. Um, and then that chain, that little component that I equipped on my character did change up my playstyle a little bit to the point where I enjoyed, you know, that kind of diversity and 
the way I can attack certain enemies and stuff like that. But for the most part, like, I think the diversity comes from the different classes that you can actually play in that game. Uh, most of that is just the low-level gearing experience because it's essentially the same as every other low-level gearing experience, which is bad. Like, you equip the thing with more numbers until you get to the end of the game, and then you actually start having decisions to make. Um, I mean, it's been, right. it's been Diablo, yeah. Destiny, everything. You just you pick the yeah. thing with the biggest number. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, an issue here, just like everywhere else. Um, with the only difference being um, the weapon types. Um, like, they don't have... They, they have unique weapons, but they're not unique in that... Like, all, all the weapons belong to, like, a specific class of weapon. Um, and not, like, you know, like, sniper rifle, you know, shotgun. But, like, a specific type of sniper rifle or shotgun. And so mm-hmm. using a certain type will allow you to unlock different blueprints and stuff so you can level your equipment up. Which I think is mm-hmm. going to end up being a big part of how you actually gear coming into the end game. Um, because those bonuses that you get early game that are basically useless will become way more impactful, kind of like the, you know, the different gear rolls and something like Diablo, um, where, you know, you're, you're getting loot that's fairly similar, but you're looking for a really, really specific rolls, uh, in order to be, you know, optimized the way you really want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, right. I, that's the interesting thing is I do think it's going to get more interesting. I will say this. Ironically, I play. So I had a very different experience on accident at the beginning of the game because I, I. So it's a little confusing when you first jump into it. Like there's a lot of menus and, and different places to get. And I was trying to get in a feel for everything. And I tried playing on a hard because Josh was like, oh, if you want it to be more challenging, you should play it on hard. So I wasn't equipped properly, and I was playing the first two or three missions on hard. And I tell you what, that shit was fucking hard. <laughs> that shit was really fucking hard. I died like 10 times, and I was like, good God. Everyone thinks this game is easy, and I'm dying all over the place. But um, once I dropped it to normal and did a better job equipping myself, it felt about right. Another thing that's interesting is if you choose to play with a party, I think that the game, even though it's a little easier, it feels a little more tuned for that and that they tell you that too mm-hmm. they say this game is supposed to be play of the party for example there was creatures i was fighting by myself that were supposed to turn around like you were supposed to get their weak points and there was no way to get them to turn around like i could even bolt past them and stuff and it was very difficult to get to the spots i needed to by myself but when i was somebody else was with me they were distracting it It was like a team thing you know they distract it you shoot in the back stuff like that mm-hmm. so i've i've been enjoying it even though you're just playing with random people there you don't need a lot of communication to play this game so uh it has been fine i think just jumping in with four three of the random people and just playing which is just like destiny right you grab a random fire team yeah and do a strike um but destiny never emphasized it on every mission that's what's weird about this if i remember right it's been a while since i played a lot of destiny but the emphasis yeah, of destiny like was specific team up. specific activities that were group yeah 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 so but this game is like literally every mission you match make with someone and you can do it with them and they're right around your level. It's weird. And then at the end, there's like this, like kind of cool, like a uh, equip screen thing, where it's like, this is how much experience you got. This is how much they got. They show everyone. It's real weird. It's got like a really, almost like a slightly competitive kind of thing to it. Like, you know, they got more points or kills than me or whatever. But um, it's strange. Like a lot, 
a lot of the criticisms about this game, some of them, there's a handful that we'll get to, I'm not saying are off base. But like for me, I've just been fascinated by a lot of the decisions that they made are just, it's interesting. It's because they're yeah. very clearly going for Destiny, right? They want that thing. It's emulating that kind of game, but they want to do things to make themselves different. So it's just cur- curious to me to see where they made those decisions. Um, and the only thing I disagree with Fish a little bit on is so far is that I've been, I, I've been having a lot of fun with the combat. It's not incredibly deep so far, but like just the general feeling of flying out, snapping into hover, throwing a grenade down, shooting some people, maybe changing up your weapon types, whatever. It's, it's got a simple loop right now, but it feels really good. And mm-hmm. there's I a, love there's a lot to, there's a lot of hidden depth in there. Um, something that's really different in this game compared to a lot of others is that you will be animation locked very often in this game. There are long animations for reloads, for different attacks. Um, lots of things will get you stuck doing something. And learning mm-hmm. how to manage that is really important. Uh, reload is a big one because a lot of times you'll start reloading and then someone will shoot at you and you'll try to sprint. You start to sprint, it'll cancel your reload. Learning how to manage just the the times when you are locked into doing a certain thing is really important in the combat in this game. Um, like one one of the one of the things that is really helpful to do actually is to um, like launch yourself into the flying mode mm-hmm. and then reload, and then you'll kind of keep that momentum, continue to reload as you like you know, just kind of float into cover just with that oh, weird. initial, mo- you know, momentum that you gave yourself and being able to do stuff yeah, like that yeah. to just kind of cancel out of things to not, to not really take the penalty from a lot of these animations is really big because otherwise you'll end up just kind of stuck in the middle of a fight. It just screwed a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's, there's depth there that is really cool. Um, yeah. I imagine that's going to get a lot more interesting in the post game. It just seems like a lot of, like, I know a lot of critics are just so burnt out on it, like, just listening to them talk about it that they don't even want to really engage in the post game. But if you really think about a lot of these loot games, maybe Diablo's kind of in its, in its own thing, but a lot of these loot games are designed to be fairly simplistic, like you're saying, Josh, until you get to the, the more complicated, like, if you get more abilities and stuff. And that, that's not going to be for everyone. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, do we, should we be grading this on a different scale because of the kind of game it's going for? It's a really, like, complex sort of thing, um, how you absorb this. Because if you're just running through the campaign, which I've been enjoying so far, technically, I'm assuming that it's a game that is going to get even better after that. So it's weird, right? Like, if someone just runs through the campaign and not having a good time, or they're not really blown away by it, and then they just drop it. Well, it's a lot of the stuff like we were mentioning before, if you're playing through on normal, you don't really have to learn the combat at all. You can just shoot everything. And yeah, yeah, the yeah. shooting is all projectile based. It feels slow. You have to learn how to lead targets and stuff. It doesn't feel particularly rewarding compared to all the other systems in the game. Like there's a ton to learn about everything else in the combat, but the shooting is basically the same from start to finish. Yeah, straightforward. Um, yeah, yeah. And, like, if, mm. if you can get away with just doing it that way and you never try to learn any other stuff, you're not going to have as good of a time. 
And a lot of that is on the game if they're not really forcing you to learn all these mechanics. Um, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't do a great job of making you learn any of that stuff, of, of helping you actually get involved Push, with the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, pushing you toward a more interesting experience. Yeah, yeah. Where, whereas the point I'm at in the game, I almost never actually use the guns. What? The, really? The rest yeah, of the combat I got, I got is so the same. ridiculously strong that once you learn how to yeah. do it, it almost never comes up. Like, I'll eventually... Guns are for breaking shields in this game. That's it. If something has a shield where you can't actually put status effects on it and interact with the rest of the combat in it, you pull out a gun, break the shield, and then you get back to using your abilities and melee and everything else in the game that's ridiculously strong once you know how to use it. Oh, that's that's wild. Okay, interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I found that, like... I, I'm I'm heavily wanting to gear towards like reducing those cooldowns on those abilities mm-hmm. because those seem like the way to go and um that's where that combat seems like it gets a little bit deeper and it's more rewarding as if you're going at it as a group because of that um that the combo system yeah. they have in that game. Um so uh, I mean I've been I've been the first stronghold i it's the only one i've unlocked but mm-hmm. i've gone through it multiple times but um i found out that if you play that on hard and your team is not working together it's it doesn't happen fucking, yeah it just doesn't happen it's a long fucking it's gonna be a long time <laughs> yeah. people are gonna like jump out um uh which one thing that i don't like is that you in a not in a restricted respawn area mm-hmm. you sit there dead entire time you can't even leave the game you can't even get to any menus you just have to sit there and watch yourself and wait until somebody revives you which <laughs> yeah. is just kind of fucking weird yeah that if, they would no- do that. if nothing else they need to allow you to spectate yeah somebody else because otherwise you're literally sit there just being it's like wherever you died like you can mm-hmm. turn the camera around and that's it um mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can see the outlines of your mm-hmm. um, fellow players, but um, yeah, the yeah, the, com- yeah, the combo in a- that the comboing in that game is where it's at. I think it's yeah, um, the most fun. Um, I just unlocked the storm javelin, and I think that that might be my favorite one, um, with the colossus as my second, um, and the interceptor that I started out with. Um, while they're while they were cool being a up close and kind of quick type of uh character um i i really enjoy the storm more as far as like being able to get like these two you, you your two main abilities like that you choose from like seem to pair so well um whether you're choosing between you know the lightning or ice and uh, fire um uh, type of abilities that you get and there's varying uh, different types of them as well um mm-hmm. but yeah you're you're right about like it, your abilities is what essentially defines your class and um makes that the combat a lot more um efficient and more more enjoyable i would say too yeah well instead and, of just running yeah, and gunning. yeah. i it's funny because i'm probably the only loser that went with the ranger which i guess is supposed to be the most boring class of of all of them no, they're um, all unique in kind of their own way. The Ranger's yeah. weird. He's just balanced, right? Well, he's balanced, but he's also 
like he's he's meant to kind of be the kind of the middle of the team sort of a guy. Like he's got the only they don't tell you this, but he's got the only melee that can set up for combos. Like everyone else will yeah. will set off a combo, but his melee will actually like whenever you're using the um the ranger mech, you can actually set up for a combo. So like if you guys get in close, like the ranger can punch something and then somebody else can come in and like blow it up. Like actually be able to set off a combo based off of that melee, which is something no one else can do. Um it's so like they they all have their own roles and it's it actually like they the like like Fish was saying, the synergy between them is actually really cool. Like learning how to actually use those systems um yeah. is just it's really rewarding once you put the time into it. Yeah, that's cool. I like I said, I'm really I'm really enjoying just the basic loop and the and the feel of the gameplay because you know, it's fun when a game comes out and it feels a little fresh. And here's an interesting thing I was thinking about this week is that so when this game first dropped at E three and people got to play it, a lot of people I know were coming out saying that it felt great because that was the first time they got their hands on it. They played, you know, like an hour or so of the game, mm-hmm. and they were just talking about how, how good it felt. And I'm guessing probably some of that magic by the time has come around for reviews or whatever is a little lost, whereas people like me, so regular Joe, first time I get my hands on the game, I'm like, oh my god, this game feels really cool. Like, the feeling, the sensation of flight and the feeling of it hovering, even like kind of dashing around, like it all, it feels great. And then the way you chain it together, and I'm like, yeah it's all still kind of still new to me and it's like i always like it when you play a new game and it feels new like a lot of games we play they're just sort of like echoes of other things but this feels pretty distinctive i would say um yeah and i appreciate that yeah i mean you're gonna find systems from basically every other loot game put in here but like the the overall gameplay itself like it, it feels like itself like you turn the game on you're playing anthem it's not like you're playing some other game but with flying mechs like it feels like anthem. Yeah, yeah, it's very yes, exactly, mm-hmm. very distinctive, and and I I like that, and I'm just I'm just really I'm having a good time. I'm only like four or five hours in, so it'll be fun to check in check in with you guys next week after I spend a lot more time with it. I was gonna say one thing I wish the game did a better job of was sort of explaining some of the cool things about the lore. For example, this blew my mind when I heard about this on a podcast this week. I wonder if you. If but Josh and Fish, if you guys knew this, Josh, do you know what the scar is? The scar R, if you had to describe them, they're like a insectoid hive mind that kind of copies whatever the dominant life form is. Yes, and they just they just look like weird creatures, yeah. but they're actually com- they're composed of like thousands of little insects mm-hmm. making up a larger insect form, which is a really cool fucking idea. Mm-hmm. Um. And whenever, I guess at the beginning, they used to mimic larger creatures, but when, like, human beings became the more dominant force, they started mimicking the shape, the general shape of humans, yeah. sort of. Um, which is interesting, because I feel like they'd be scarier if they were mimicking those large creatures again. Mm-hmm. But the idea of that is really cool, and I think the difference between something like this and, like, maybe the older Mass Effect games is you would go on, like, a side mission, encounter an enemy, and while you were learning about a character, they would explain this in a very interesting way. And I just did a mission today where I was with this lady, She's like, oh, do you know anything about the, the scar? And she's like, yeah, I hate the scar. They're ugly little monsters. That's all she had to say. And I'm like, that would have been the perfect time. Tell me about the scar and what they are. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's me. all in the log, kind of like in Mass Effect. Like most of the interesting information about mm-hmm. 
different races was in the logbook in that game too. Like ex- with the exception of like one or two of them where they had like mm-hmm. story beat, this has to be explained stuff. Yes. Most yes, yeah. of the other ones are completely text-based. <clears throat> like Okay, interesting. Like and it, it's it's a lot like that just like in Mass Effect. Um whereas like think about the races that were on um you know like the different merchant races and stuff in Mass Effect. Yeah. None of that's ever explained unless you go into the logbook or I don't remember what it's called in that game, but the logbook and just read about them. Codex. The codex? Well, no, no, no that, that's what it is in Anthem, but I mean in Mass Effect it was I don't I don't remember what it was called in that one. But anyway, um, it's it's the same Fish sort of gave thing. You the stink okay. eye. Yeah. He gave you the stink eye on the webcam. <laughs> mm. I don't remember what it was called in Mass Effect. I'm yeah. completely blanking now, but anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the same sort of thing. Um, there's a lot of lore offloaded into that in this game, which isn't the greatest, but it's also better than having to go to, you know, Bungie.com to figure out what the fuck is happening in Destiny. <laughs> that's true mm-hmm. i mean if people are inclined to do so that they can do that and get their lore out of it and a lot of people actually enjoyed that you know being able to read these little snippets and little stories and uh of the game but <clears throat> as a casual gamer i want that you know just i want that to i want them to incorporate that in the world and somehow like morgan's saying like mm-hmm. it, it's not that hard it would make it a lot more interesting and like I didn't know that about the scar. Like, I just thought they were insect-like creatures, but the fact that they're composed of a bunch of little insects uh, is far more interesting to me. Right, and makes them sound more interesting. But it's like Boogie Woogie from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> pull out, pull out that <laughs> potato sack, and there's just a bunch of bugs under there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bunch of bad bugs. Oh. No, I agree, Fish. It's frustrating just because I feel like it's there. There's nothing more frustrating than people having a really good idea and then hiding it. It's like, this yeah. is cool shit, man. Mm-hmm, like, why right. are you going to hide it? I just, I just don't get that. It's confusing. Another little thing that I found confusing is, um, not confusing, but perplexing is that, you know, and maybe it's because guns are not as emphasized as something like Destiny, although Destiny's pretty balanced on that end. You know, when you go to the gun screen, if you remember in Destiny, it was like gun porn. Like, it was like an up-close view, and they were like, it was like this magical thing. Like, in this game, it's like, I'm looking up in the corner, and it's just kind of a plain-looking gun, and I'm just like... Like, oh, I, I feel like... This one's all black, and this one's all brown. Yeah. Yeah, well, so far. I mean, that's so what I was saying with the whole loot system while you're leveling. Because you're essentially getting guns that are not unique the entire time you're leveling. You're just getting the stock this is the weapon type like this is this is the stat spread on this particular weapon uh like this assault rifle has a burst this one doesn't like that's that's what you're getting and you're just getting the class name for that while you're leveling up it's 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 still a little bit exciting now i will say this people who don't know me really well i have a um weakness for loot games always have so there is something still kind of satisfying about finishing a mission and then looking through a bunch of guns, and even though they're not that exciting, you're like, ooh, my green bar is going up a little with this one <laughs> in all the fields. I'm going to equip this one. And then I feel a little better. I'm like, yay, my green bars have gone up. You know? And um, I know some of that's psychological. I get how it works. But it's still all right. And sometimes it's a change, like the grenade is like ice, and then it's fire or something. Like, there, there, are, there are changes. But um, it's still nice. It's still nicer to me than just having a stagnant gun 
and leveling up. I don't know why, but I, I just like the feeling of like picking through loot and equipping it as opposed to like, I have one gun and then over the course of a couple levels, it levels up like one strength or something. I don't know why. I don't have a logical reason for you why I prefer that. Uh, it's probably, it's like a psychological thing, but um, I just, I don't really feel that level of like, ooh, this gun that I felt with Destiny. Now, one thing I want to emphasize, and this is not a criticism necessarily of Anthem, but they were going after the idea of Destiny. And Destiny is not your everyday run-of-the-mill game. That game became a phenomenon. It was received very controversial. It was created by Bungie. And some people, if, if you're listening to this and you don't care for Destiny, I respect that opinion. I'm just saying that game was special. It was huge. It was a phenomenon. It mm -hmm. was groundbreaking for this sort of game. So even in emulating this, that sort of game, best case scenario, you can't expect the top Destiny. That's not realistic, right? That's not a realistic thing. So... No, yeah, Bungie takes special uh, attention. They take a, they have a very critical eye on like certain aspects of the game that just makes it come alive. Whether you know, um, you kill an enemy, like you pop the head off of a fallen, like you see like their soul pop out of their neck, and like there's they let out a dying screech sound to them, you know, or like whenever you pop the vex right in the belly and all the milk starts shooting all over the place. Ooh, that Vex milk. Yeah. I mean, animations like that, or like reloading your gun, yeah. like in first person, you can actually see your character, you know, spinning the, the, your hand cannon's revolver around or like jamming in the bullets in there. It, I mean, they, they, they take a little bit of pride in like their certain animations and... Um, I feel like Bioware does. It's just I feel like they didn't have enough time with this game. Like there's there's certain aspects where I feel like, oh man, they could have done a lot better with like the animation on this character's face. And you could tell like certain certain characters that you uh, engage with at the fort at Fort Taurus, um, like regular Joe Schmoes, like their their animations aren't that great. And like the main characters or the main quest givers that you come across, uh, like you can definitely tell they put more time into them and gave yeah. them more character. Like that the fucking um, main guy, Owen, he is way good in like way good. I sound like that's very ignorant. He's incredibly well animated. Like he's mm -hmm. like moving his hands around and everything like like yeah. some of the people in that game, like I just got to the. Did you guys do the? You, you probably have, but I just did the mission where the guy had to eat the scorpion tail. Did you do that one? Yes. Mm -hmm. That that was pretty cool actually. He had the. There was like this tense scene where she made this guy to seal their agreement. They had to do this traditional thing where he had to eat some really gross vile stuff. Um, and I thought that was a pretty cool touch. But the animation has been incredible, and yet I still feel people are ripping it because they're like, well. It's technically incredible, but soulless. And I'm like, how do how do you how do you make that determination? How does someone how yeah. does someone make the determination that something is soulless? Like if That's it's well just acted, not a thing. It's not well a thing. animated. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. That I means like I'm a whiny bitch and need something to whine about. Oh, it's soulless. That's it. I nailed it. Got him. <laughs> I, I mean, if they had a more tangible reason, I, I guess I would buy it. But I just don't. I mean, there are plenty of things you, you can say are soulless with, like, the microtransaction-focused stuff or whatnot in different games, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. I, I, I do think they probably could have made them, like, like for example, Owen, he just looks generic, and I bet if, 
if he had looked like maybe some of the Mass Effect characters of yore, like he had a weird, crazy hairstyle and a tattoo, or he was like, you know what I mean? Like aesthetically, he looks very generic, but like his performance in it and the animation is all top notch. And I wonder if maybe that because if people fell in love with these really distinct characters in Mass Effect, because not just because of the performance they gave, but the way they looked, like from Jack, who was like this badass, tattooed, bald mm-hmm. um, chick, or or Garrus or the aliens, you know. I wish they would have just spiced them up a little bit aesthetically. Yeah. And that's not where the focus was. Like, a a big thing there, and I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but, like, whatever the tech is that they've done with the eyes in particular look so impressive. Like, there's so much just conveyed from the way characters will look around during a conversation. Um. Yeah, it's just it's really subtle stuff. So it's not going to be, you know, like this big bombastic, you know, thing to notice, but it's done really well. Um, it's sort of going for like an intimacy thing. Yeah. Like, put you in first person. You know, that's a, a weird decision that they made that is fine. They yeah. put you in first person so that you're experiencing all this mm-hmm. from your eyes. Yeah, it's it's weird because like. I've got the subtitles turned on and I'll notice a line come across and be like, that's a weird thing. Like that is like, what's, what's going on there. And then some, like part of this is just that they give you too much as far as like the line is concerned at one time, but yeah. like, you'll see something and be like, Oh, that's awkward. And then the way it's delivered, will just sell it. Like, wh- like I've read a few lines and I've been like, what the fuck? And then by the time the, the character actually says it, it just, it all works. Um, and there's just a lot of subtle stuff going on there with the different character interactions. And yes, a lot of the, like, you know, NPCs that, you know, the unnamed people going on and whatnot, there's not a lot going on with them. But, you know, it, there's not in any other game either. It's just no one ever cares about that or puts time into it. So it's weird to complain about it this time and not every other time mm-hmm. well I, I did come across this old man in this alley and i think it's the only encounter you get with him but like uh have you come across him? yeah it's like some, this like it was, it was an old freelancer who was yeah 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 who let like a bunch of his uh freelancer companions die just so he could save himself mm-hmm. um but yeah he's uh I thought he was pretty interesting. I was like, "Oh, I want to hear more about that shit." Yeah, and see this character. But yeah, they um, do. Well, they do a lot of that though. I like, I, I'll have they'll yeah. come across different characters, and yes, the unnamed masses are not impressive. But like anybody you actually interact with, it feels like it's got the same level of kind of that bio you know, that you know Bioware has always done. Um, not Bioware. I'm completely Bioware. My brain is yeah, turned is off. No. Yeah, Bioware, Bioware. Is, is who makes Anthem. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why that just didn't sound right all of a sudden. I'm like, is that right? It's not the same Bioware you grew up with. No, it's, it's, it's no, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's just said it Bioware. and it wasn't right, but no, it's right. Um, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Well, if you think about Destiny, it also was very thin on content. It was just, I think people were, there was maybe a little more intrigue there because there was almost nothing there story-wise, but there was like, oh, this speaker guy looks crazy. I wonder what his deal is. I'll never talk to him again. <laughs> okay. Oh, this <laughs> yeah. queen. Who's this hot, weird alien queen? Oh, this is badass. Okay. Well, uh, mm-hmm. that's cool. Never see her again. 
So it was like, it was weird. You were like intrigued and there was very little of it. Um, and so maybe people aren't getting that same level of whatever. But, you know, when Destiny came out, it was, the story was pretty harshly criticized. Yeah. Um, but the lore and the world and the art direction were, were great. So, and I wouldn't say that the art direction in this game is appealing to me as Destiny, but still cool. Like, I just landed the other day. I was checking out some of the animals. And there were like these weird giant crabs down there that looked huge and freaky. And there was these weird like ele- elephant things with like big flaps, big vagina flaps whapping off the side of their bodies. Like there was some weird looking shit in there. Some of it's kind of generic. Yeah, like your weird scorpions and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's fantasy. It's, it's, it's nice. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a new world to explore. It doesn't feel. Yeah. It's, it's not like yeah. blown, you know. And like the overall the overall lore in the world is actually, it's, it's really good in this um, with the whole almost, almost superstitious, like mythic sci-fi sort of a vibe. Um, yes. Yeah. It kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's done really well. And I, and I just can't emphasize enough. If you haven't played the game, what it feels like when you just start, when you double jump into a fucking, air launch or whatever and you're just flying through these giant canyons it just has a really cool feel to it that feels great like you, like i remember the first night the first night i played the game i like flew up into the clouds and there was these like alien birds and i was like flying with them for a second and then i just dove down to the ground and started like attacking some enemies it's just it, and they haven't really done a lot with the water yet in the game but it is pretty cool that you can dive into the water of course cool off your your thing and there's creatures down there and there's chests and stuff but they haven't really done a lot with it yet. It just seems like it's kind of there. Uh, I'm curious to see if that changes at all. But the world has a lot of weird, like, tunnels and cran. Like, you'll go on a mission, and they'll have you go for a waypoint, and you're like, what the fuck? You look up in the sky, and there's, like, a weird, like, tunnel buried into a mountain, and you fly up inside of it into another weird-ass swamp area or something. So it's, it, I don't know, it's, I've been pretty interested so far. I'm, in, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Which I know is... Not necessarily what I'm getting from a lot of people, which is interesting, you know? Not right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Fish, before I get to these polls, would you say you're enjoying it? What's your enjoyment level of Anthem so far? Did you vote on the slider? Did you use the scientific slider I used? Mm, I did use that scientific slider. Thank you for providing that tool. <laughs> scientific slider. Where did you move your slider up? I, Where moved my, I moved my slider a little bit above three quarters. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what would be a little above three quarters? You provided the tool. I, I <laughs> inputted the algorithm. Or, I was trying to think of the, the actual answer like, number, you. like three and three, whatever. I don't know. I suck at math. Don't ask me about that. Um, okay, so a little really bit, a little bit above, you know, seven point five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Uh, eight point five. Okay. No, it's not even that. It's just. Uh, oh, what is it, Josh? It's the scale. You're digging it. You're digging it. What? So, are, are, it sounds like you're enjoying it too, Josh, more than I would have actually expected. Yeah, I've really been enjoying it. Um, it, the loot in this game is it's really got its own feel. It doesn't feel like oh, I'm gonna get this crazy new, completely unexpected, out of nowhere thing. It really has more of a Diablo sort of feel to it, where you're you're just trying to maximize a particular build. Like you've got an idea in mind, you want to go for it. Um, like with the, the weapons in particular, if you use a weapon enough, you'll start unlocking different 
you know, higher level blueprints in order to, you know, make better versions of that weapon. So if you, like, you kind of want to try the weapons out, figure out what sort of thing fits your playstyle the best, and then use that. Unlock all the different things for it. Um, and, like, it, it's got this weird feeling that you'll eventually be able to unlock everything. Like, you'll eventually have a full set of gear. Like, it it doesn't feel like Destiny in that, oh, there's always a new thing with a different, you know, different stats, different play style associated with it. It's, mm-hmm. like, it feels like you could fill up the list of all the loot in this game. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. enjoying it. I'm, I'm curious how it'll feel once we get to the end game. Um, end game, yeah. But, yeah. It it's it yeah, is different. So, I saw one yeah. of our VIP patrons, uh, Crumpy, who was uh, showing. She was like playing something on Grandmaster, hm. um, whatever that is. And it looked interesting. It looked like some high level end game shit. Um, yeah, it's a higher difficulty. I think there's Grandmaster one and two. Yeah, you can play on hard until you hit level cap, and then you can play on Grandmaster, and then depending on your like gear level, it'll unlock Grandmaster two and three from there okay cool well i mean that's a weird thing about the ai because the ai to me seemed kind of awful but i sort of realized at least in the early levels that it's kind of different than something like destiny where you're on the ground and it's really about a little bit more of the intelligence of the enemies which bungie was always famous for a lot of this game because i'm doing like aerial attacking i'm like grouping enemies together and stuff and it feels a little bit more like they're fodder it's, but I feel like that plays into the play style of the game, at least early on. Because I can, you know, you get a cluster of dumb enemies in one area, throw a grenade and kill four of them or whatever. But I'm curious to see if that changes. If they just, maybe they just get more accurate, but they're not any more intelligent. But so far, the enemies just kind of seem, you know, like they're just standing around shooting. You know, there's not a lot there. Um, but I feel like the aerial nature of the game in a way almost fits that you know what i mean because you're not at ground level it's not like you're having these epic shootouts all the time um i don't know that's just something i've been thinking about yeah there's definitely some just fodder in there as far as like the low level enemies they're they're just kind of there um as most loot games are at first uh let's see so i asked our listeners and by the way every monday you can vote um at sword chomp on instagram we do polls we discuss it I said the first week Anthem retail sales were not looking very good, although it doesn't include digital. But I basically asked people, like, what do you think is the cause for the what's going on with Anthem right now? Um, is it the reviews being so bad, or is it just a general distrust of Bioware after Andromeda? And it was split. We don't have that happen very often. It was a rare 50-50 split between critics and Bioware distrust. I mean, Andromeda sold a ton, but it really turned a lot of people off yeah um so that's interesting yeah for the record i did not like andromeda at all yeah yeah i only made it about an hour into that game before i finally just gave up on andromeda um and i'm I'm sure there's a ton of just distrust like you're saying but i also feel like the reviews for this game were so completely unreasonable that it's it's just watching all the memes has been just a train wreck. Just a train wreck. Seeing the hate this game yeah. is getting. Like, it's, we're, it's, it's, it's like No Man's Sky levels of just 
hate. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's that's I did posted a meme myself about a train on our Instagram page. Mm. Um, once I once I realized we were all enjoying it, I was like, I I found this funny meme of a girl apparently having sex with a man on the train tracks from some show called um, I can't remember, but I'll find it. Um, and shameless, shameless. There we go. And uh, I put the game critics on the train, and then Anthem was having sex with us. Because by us basically enjoying this game, we're kind of putting ourselves out there in the danger zone, you know, to be bashed by critics and people alike. But we're still being pleasured, or at least Anthem's being pleasured, it looks like. One of us is being pleasured, I can't tell. <laughs> there's, there's pleasure going on. Um, Fish, Fish, are you pleasuring Anthem good? Because it looks like you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting deep in there. Eight generations Le- deep. Level 18. Well, you're level 18? Holy shit. That's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. yeah. Kicking my ass. It sucks that Fish is actually enjoying this game because he's actually playing it, and usually I can log on and be like, oh, Fish ain't going to play shit because I'm borrowing this game. So every time I log on, I'm like, Fish, playing Anthem. Fish, playing Anthem. Like, Fuck <laughs> me. God damn it. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It was like 2 in the morning last night. I had to play Far Cry New Dawn. This fish was still playing Anthem. Go to bed already. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Let's sleep. Um, speaking of which, my 32nd conclusion of uh, New Dawn, which I still think is worth Shay and Fish trying for free. Um, I hit the loop finally, which is basically um, doing those forts over and over again to get ethanol to upgrade your base in that game. And the loop is, is kind of fun. Basically, the, you, when you get to a base, you can disband it, and it gets much harder. And, and uh, like, there's, like, enemies there with, like, yellow life bars and purple life bars, and they come in droves and all this stuff. And when you, and then you get more supplies that you can take back to your base and level your base up to get cooler stuff. So that's the loop, basically, to the whole game. There's a story and stuff, but that seems to be the hook that people are digging. It's, like, a really mainstream version of the Red Dead loop. Because the Red Dead stuff was all optional. Like, you could upgrade your camp if you wanted to, but there's fucking no penalty for not doing it. It was all based on how much you wanted to basically invest in, in the role-playing. So, um, I did have a funny epiphany though, that kind of blew my mind when I had it. And I was a little uncomfortable when I had it. And that was about RPG life bars in shooting games. Cause I realized if you want to make a bullet sponge game, but you don't want people to accuse it of being a bullet sponge, all you have to do is throw a yellow life bar up there. And all of a sudden the RPG nerd comes out, oh, yellow life bar. You know what I mean? You don't look at it the same way. Like, I was realizing that as I put 18,000 bullets into this guy with a yellow life bar, that I was like, if he didn't have that bar above his head, I would be getting on this podcast complaining he was just a bullet sponge, right? So, basically, they took the idea of the bullet sponge and expanded it into a mechanic. Yellow bars, purple bars. If you really think about it, that's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know what I mean? There's no logical reason to put 18,000 saws into a guy's head before he kills him. But you can hide that under the guise of that. And I think what they're doing, because there's been so many Far Cry games, is they're saying, well, can't just have people shooting people again because they just want more challenge or they want something else. So it's kind of all hidden under the guise of the RPG, which is fine. You know, I mean, they're, at least they're trying to hide it under something, I guess. Um, but I mean, it's just interesting because that's really all it is. There's bullet sponges hiding under uh, life bars. So. Hmm. You feel me? You see what I'm saying? It depends on the game, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
It would it would feel more intense if like you were fighting something big that you came across and you didn't know how much health or how many bullets you had to put into it, um, and not seeing a bar representing how much more you had to go, it would probably feel very fucking intense, uh, a lot a lot more intense than having to see that bar. So, um, yeah, it, it depends on yeah. the like it would ruin a horror game, knowing exactly yes. how many shots you had to get to yeah, something. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's kind of irritating sometimes when you're like wandering around and you come across a purple fucking mountain lion and you're like, well, I can't kill this thing. You know, before you like shoot it for 10 seconds, it's dead. Now it's like, good God, I can't take away a quarter of its life yet. You know, it's weird. It's, it's basically an RPG that plays like Far Cry. So it's weird. Huh. Uh, the music's still great. So I still think it's worth checking out if we're on sale or for free. Weirdly enough, Josh, I think you might like this one the most if you just went into it saying, okay, the story's garbage. I'm just going to engage in the <laughs> RPG mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is a loop there that's kind of nice. Hmm. Um, but again, you know, the, a lot of the characters are trash and it feels pretty recycled and all that stuff. But the loop is fun. The loop is fun. Um, let's see here. So as we, this is sort of like the back end of the show. I want to catch up with you guys. As Anything else you've been playing that you really wanted to talk about? I did have one final poll. And if you're not comfortable talking about this, I understand. I don't want to make you guys talk about anything not comfortable as we bring... Shay back in here. Um, and I did want to say, it's a good call, Josh. Uh, we, of course, are sponsored by Sassy D Merch. That's right. I got my D voice because they have the <laughs> new BB. They got the new BBC character on there. Um, if you go to at Sassy D Merch on Instagram, you should do it right now. If you're listening to the podcast, just flip on over to Instagram at Sassy D Merch. They uh, make a bunch of really cool gad gifts and art. You can get cups shirts, anything like that, um, for a bunch of basically like erotic uh, characters. And the way they introduce them is sort of based off of their love of Smash Brothers as well. It's like introducing a new character. Um, they have the Sasachu, which is like a penis Pikachu. They have the BBC Leprechaun, um, you know, which is obviously for St. Patrick's Day, which is a lot of fun. They're, they're great gag gifts and um, they're supporters of what we do, taking a chance on us. So, uh, that's, you know, we really appreciate That's awesome. That. I've I've really been looking forward to getting a uh, penis cup f- to protect my penis as I'm playing sports, you know, so I don't get hit in the, the scrotum and uh, phallus with a stray ball. Hmm. So it's, it's been, it's good. I've, I've been wanting to get one with a, a penis just placed right on the front, and I'm glad that they've made cups available for that now. It's. I hate to bum me out, but I think you're thinking of a different kind of cup. Uh, oh, well, that's a good uh, idea. That's a shame. You know, just, you know, dress for the penis you want to have, with that sort of, you know, put. <laughs> that's the right. mentality. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. If if you see your penis as a mermaid, like they they have something for you like that. That's true. Uh-huh. Instead of instead of serving sleepy time tea in my mug, I could serve some. Uh, Sleepy time pee. Mm. Pee being short. Not yeah. urine. Not urine. Huh. Being mm. short for penis. Hmm. No. Oh, mm. Not sure if that's better, but. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> it's just all it's so fun that it's going to put you to sleep. Mm. Oh. Mm. Mm. Um, but you won't go to sleep. Looking at all the crazy stuff they have over at Sassy D Merch, I'll tell you what, they are some fantastic designs, really interesting. Go check them out, give them a follow. Um, 
Anyways, let's let's uh, catch up a little bit because we do our reverse intro thing now that we're testing out. Um, Shay, how have you been this week, man? Living the Japan life? What, what's going on? Yeah, it's uh, this week's been fairly stressful. I, you know, I had for the past month, month and a half, I had been trying to learn a song on guitar to perform for my students who are graduating next week, and I thought I had a little bit more time. I thought I was, I thought I was going to be performing it for them on Monday. Turns out that they switched it to Friday, so I went into panic mode and was trying to practice every night for a long time, and it, it felt exactly like cramming for an exam when you know that's the last thing you should be doing. And my hand was just <laughs> aching every night I went to go practice, and I was like, I don't, I don't have a choice. I gotta learn this goddamn song. Mm. And um, through repetition, the- and I, went, I ended up going to play it yesterday, and it was not great. I'm going to tell you that. It was super embarrassing. But Oh, because your hand was so sore, you couldn't... No, it just... Oh. I was so nervous, I just oh, fu- yeah, I fucked yeah. it up a bunch. But I did it, you know, I, I've i never played guitar in my life. I've never performed guitar in front of anyone, because I didn't know how to play guitar. And I, I was proud of myself that I was able to actually learn an entire song, memorize it, and kind of play it for... <laughs> kind of play it in front of, you know, 100 plus people. You know, so I was proud of myself for that. But um, yeah, all you need yeah, to cool. all, you, all you need to do now, living in Japan, Shay, is just learn a couple riffs of, uh, you know, the well that who'd you say? <laughs> There's this popular um, uh, artist in America that's huge in Japan that uh, Shay was telling me about that everyone Shay uh, Ed Sheeran just learn a couple Ed Sheeran songs and then when you have a Japanese lady in the apartment, just pull the guitar out. You know, set, man. you know what's funny about that is my friend who I'm borrowing the guitar from, like, I'd, I got the guitar and the strings, like, the, the, like, has three metal ones and then three nylon ones. Like, the thicker ones were the metal ones and the other three were nylon. And the string, the metal ones were black. Were black. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, these are just weird black metal strings. Not black metal, like the actual genre, but like <laughs> like, t- like tempered black metal or whatever you want to call it. Hmm. And it turned out that they were just that dirty, and he had never changed the strings. And I was Ugh. playing, mm. I started using the guitar so much that the string just broke inside of the case on its own. That's how old they were. So I ended up having to replace them. And my friend come over, we looked online how to do it, and we did it. And this guitar was just a pain in the ass to like, to tighten the strings was like, I was wrenching this fucking, uh, what is it called? The little, the little, uh, fuck, I'm forgetting the name. Tuning, tuning pegs. Yeah, the tuning pegs. I had to wrench those motherfuckers tighter and tighter. And I'm like, dude, I got to ask you a question next time I saw him. And it was like a few weeks ago, um, at this, uh, birthday party for a friend. I was like how often do you play this guitar? And he's like, not a lot. I was like, okay, because I'm 99.9% sure you bought this guitar. So when you bring a chick over, you pull it out, you play a few notes, and she's like, oh, kakui, and then you fuck her. And I was like, is this true? And he's like, yeah, that's pretty much what I bought it for. I was like, I thought so, you dumb, you motherfucker. So I brought brought his fuck guitar to my school to uh, play it for. (laughs) <laughs> to play it for the students. 
<laughs> you don't actually know it, but that black was that black no. crust was just no. dried. Uh... No, just stop. Mm. Just no. stop. It's the it's the dried it's sins mud. of yeah, what he has just, done. Yeah, sin. It's the yeah. tears the from sins. all those performances going horribly <laughs> all these years. Yeah, no sins doubt. Sins manifested. No <laughs> doubt. But you know, other than that, um, this week honestly, I've been I've been really bummed out, and it's been getting more and more prominent the past few days like this morning i i couldn't sleep and i woke up and i was really bummed this morning because my my students are graduating and i like i've been teaching them for two years and just it's kind of crazy like i was signing their yearbooks and you know i'd come across like a student that i really care about and like I, I feel the tears welling up in my eyes, and actually, I feel it like legitimately. I feel it right now a little bit. Um, to think about, like, you know, I might not see a lot of these students ever again in my life, and they've been, yeah. they've been there, like they've been the better part, like they've been my family in Japan for two years essentially. You know, I see them every day, I talk to some of them every day, and uh, I'm not gonna see a lot of them ever again. And, bothers me you know um they've been a part of this experience here and uh, it's been rough like it's it's been rough me trying to you know accept that you know just life just keeps moving on whether or not you want it to and uh man you're a real sobble aren't you uh yeah yes <laughs> i am quite lacrimose at this particular situation I'm lacrimose intolerant. I can't have milk. Hmm. That's just you lactating. There's a difference. Come on, that was a good joke. Come on, somebody. God damn it. All of you. <laughs> no, that's good. But like, um, uh, yeah, so there's that. But the the other thing, like actual gaming related is I've been playing more Wargroove. Um, I've been slowly chipping away at it. I think I'm at, I think I'm actually finally at one of the last uh, missions. Um, I got to a mission last night and today i finished it today where basically you have different like little captains like people that you run with throughout the game um and there's a mission in there where you you have to use three of them one controls the ground units one controls the air units one controls the sea units and it was it was a really difficult difficult um mission because you have to really balance all three of what you're building it was very, very advanced war Starcraftian, and yeah. it was super, super fun. It was difficult. It took a lot of time. Um, I I lost the first time I played it, but it just took a lot of trial and error, and it was a really, really fun mission. So, um, I think I think I'm like I said, I think I'm on one of the last or last two missions. So right after this podcast and after Fish and I play some apex legends we're gonna go or i'm gonna go play that so um Mm -hmm. but yeah fish and i are gonna play some apex legends after this so maybe we'll stream that i this is a good um transition awkwardly because you are in another country and you know countries have different rules and regulations and laws and like the poll i was talking about about the uh prostitution i don't know you know you can enlighten us a little bit down there in japan but i've always been deeply fascinated by how we try to regulate and crack down on sex work in America. And um, so I was just curious. Uh, one of my people I admire a lot, Colin Mariotti, put up 
something about prostitution. He basically said, um, prostitution should be legal. Why is the government's business if willing adults want to engage in financial arrangements for sex? Um, make it a legitimate taxable market, etc. 82% of our audience actually agreed with that, which surprised me. Um, and I know some people have different opinions on that, especially if they come from a religious background and stuff like that. I, it's really difficult to get anyone with a religious background to really back up something like that as well, necessarily. But I've always believed that it's a silly thing and a waste, a waste of time and, and probably prevent a lot of like the trafficking issues you see if you could just legalize it. You know? Yeah. Um, uh... Man, I, can I offer a counterpoint to that? I, I, want you to cons- I want you to consider for a fact that the growing... The, uh, and I don't really care if this offends anyone. This isn't representative of anyone else here's views. This is just my views specifically. Uh, the disturbing growing anti-vax movement, movement and how that's affecting the world right now. Um, you know, people are thinking, oh, it's crazy the measles are making it. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, measles and mumps have both started to make a return. And, you know, uh, you get, like, I'm sure you guys don't know this. People probably thought it's just localized to the U.S. It's not. They found cases of it now in Europe. And they found cases of it now in Japan. They actually uh, had to cancel a Super Smash tournament uh, last weekend because somebody in the city that I teach had measles and how, how I'm trying to relate this to this, the topic at hand is basically if there are dumbasses who can't vax themselves, think about how like STDs would be on the rise dramatically. And these viruses that are transmitted from sex, if sexual, uh, or sexual prostitution. Yeah, I guess. Sexual prostitution was legal. It's a little redundant, but you get it. Um, if that was legal, how many more diseases would be passed around? And, you know, in theory, you like to think, well, you go walk into these places, they have to make sure you're 100% clean. I'm sure every single place would make sure that would be 100% kept up. You know? And that's sarcasm. I think diseases would be on the rise. Um... You know, I think that there would be a lot more shady shit happening. And I I would like to, in theory, think like people like government shouldn't have any say on what people do in terms of sex. But it influences the um, it influences the rest of society in a way. And I can tell you now it's quote unquote illegal in Japan, but it still happens like the U.S. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, in theory would like to say, yes, it'd be awesome. But I think that there are just, there are too many negative repercussions that could come from it. Interesting. I mean, I think that's a valid point. I would say that with anything, there's going to be repercussions you have to account for. I mean, like when pot went legal in a lot of places, there's a lot of repercussions they had to put in place for, for safety. I mean, once pot's legal, you don't want everybody riding around smoking weed while they're driving. It's, it's an impairing substance, things like that. You know, it's making it easily accessible for everyone. And when you do that, there are things you have to be careful about. But I feel like that's Man. kind of like with anything you have to start. I know I'm not trying to compare that to a disease, but I'm just saying the idea is that with anything that you legalize you, or whatever business you are, you have to take precautions around that because prostitution would, is still taking place anyway. 
So I was I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna say like I'm I'm just flabbergasted at this point, like I'm sure many people are, how alcohol has complete free reign and is legal, but marijuana is still looked down upon. That's something that blows uh-huh. my fucking mind to this day. Yeah. Um Yeah, how widely accepted alcohol is and you know how that's one up there for one of the higher leaning causes of death you know uh but 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 a crime the fact that you could pay for a service between two consenting adults and go to jail just is that's just too much it's too much yeah well that and i i disagree with your premise that that would have any effect on diseases at all there would be exactly zero new customers by legalizing prostitution that prostitutes don't already have exactly zero <laughs> Uh, all this would do would be a league would be allow sex workers to not have to deal with a pimp protecting her from any bad John because the government would do that job because they'd be yeah. able to say, hey, this guy didn't pay me. This guy assaulted me and not be admitting to a crime while doing so, um, which like. Morgan kind of alluded to it before would help with sex trafficking with if there's no market there for crime to be involved with they'll kind of they'll have to find something else that being said when Holland legalized prostitution it didn't get all the mob interests out of it and there were still a lot of people working in legal brothels that were still working for the mob um and I'm sure there are still some to this day, but it was a big yeah, problem when it yeah. first happened because, well, they were the only market to begin with, and they didn't want to give that up. So they just opened a bunch of brothels. And yeah, yeah. granted, the, the well, conditions improved, it, but they still weren't great. Well, that's true, Josh. And if you think about it, in, in America, it's weird because it's as arbitrary as a state line. Like there is, you can go to Las Vegas and have illegal prostitution. It's just, you know, what side of the ground are you standing on? And at that point, it's just like, come on, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it's interesting. And I think that it's, it feels like our audience is saying, yeah, at this point, I mean, come on, all the time and money and energy you're spending with cops and police force to stop people from having sex. It just seems a little crazy. Um, seems like it could be put to a better use. So, and, and this, you know, this blew up because the Patriots owner got caught at a massage parlor. So <laughs> that's, that's how that went down. But you know what, Josh, I agree with your premise that most of the customers would be probably the same. I think the only outliers would be like the ten percent would be like, like sure parties, yeah I'll go where, try that like yeah bachelor parties yeah. maybe got someone who's down their luck like you know fish is like oh fuck it's been so whatever <laughs> hey. I'm I, I'm not I'm not pointing out specifically I'm just saying if you maybe yeah. you're just like wow no not fish specifically but someone exactly right. like fish mm-hmm. would definitely yeah. be all over that saying, so someone might instead of dropping three hundred dollars at a strip club they might say. That I could better invest that money for my evening. You know, it's, they're still paying for a sexual service. It's just, you know, mm. if you have a willing adult, I don't know. That's it's interesting. Um, that's what our audience thinks, and I guess that's fish. I didn't get your thoughts real quickly. I don't want to shut you out. Do you have anything briefly to say? I don't want to. You don't have to say anything uh, if you don't want to. Well, I uh, I kind of agree with uh, your guys' thoughts, um, mainly with Shay, but um, looking at it from like a, I guess looking. At if it becomes you know like this wide 
uh, well-known business that's legal. Like, uh, you have to think about, like, what children would think after that, you know? Like, what what are their options at that point? Um, because it, it's a pretty basic human need that everybody kind of wants to indulge in. Like, it, it'd be pretty... Those these these young adults would want to you know uh eventually get into that um type of scenario where you know they're getting paid uh good good amount of money for something that's enjoyable to them like it could become like a kind of an ethical type of problem where you know younger adults just want to get paid to have sex you know and why is that uh, a problem i don't know how you're talking about legal adults right of age is that what you're saying right right okay. yes of course and like i don't know it's, like, you know why it's a problem though you're on it's difficult because of the way our we're sort of programmed as a country and as a species to think mm-hmm. of that and, and that's right a, it's right and that's probably something like i'm trying to just try and get over my head but like um just thinking that you know kids learn about this at like the age of 14 or 15 and think oh I could just have sex for money and I don't have to do really much with my life. Oh, and, come on. That's a little bit of a... Uh, I don't know. I mean, right now, like, the what would you say is, like, the lowest form of, like, job about this? that you could get? Podcast host. So you... <laughs> <laughs> so true. right above that, right above... That, I feel like you're, might have, you might be spinning it in a little bit of a... Like, would you, let's say it was legalized and you was a man, all these women were like, no, fish, I would love to pay you for an evening. Boy, I got four or five hundred bucks to blow. Would you like to come over? How would you feel about that? I would quit my, any job that I had and be like, okay, this is a business <laughs> that I should be in, I guess. So you're, hmm. so you're on board with it. You'd be okay with it. But right. I think what you'd find then is that if it's the a whole lot country more a... is having sex for money, like well, not every for... no, not everyone would be able to do that. Like, there's people that might have like, if you're in a relationship, you might be like, hey, I don't, my wife, I love you, I support you, I don't necessarily want you to go fuck other people during the day. You know, there's gonna be there's gonna be different parameters. Not everyone's gonna right. run out. You make it sound like right. everyone's well. gonna drop their day job. <laughs> Let's all be prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't mean funny. to like signal single out pe- uh, different people, but like it. Like people in poverty, like that, that could be their only option, and that's already the case. Well, right, but mm-hmm. it's still like if you give them an option, is that, to, is that like, a bad option? It's not a bad. What option. happens? It's, what happens? It's what happens when there's a 16 year old who falsifies her data or his data, and then goes to work there, you know, gets a fake ID, and then someone has sex with a minor. That's literally all it would take to shut this down. Oh, that's that's all you'd be. That like happens all the time already. I mean, I'm saying if they're putting this on a legal, if they're putting this on a legal platform, and you know, the government somehow supports this, and then that happens, that would immediately shut it right back down. But that would be the not saying that it doesn't happen already. Illegal. Well, I'm just saying that'd be like what, someone who drinks underage at a bar or something i'm not comparing it exactly to having sex i'm just saying that in any business if you have someone who's violating the law it it's handled accordingly right yeah well imbibing a little bit is much different than knocking up a 16 year old 
I don't know if you can entirely compare those. But yes, it would be the the man who did that or woman or whatever would be probably feeling pretty awful. Um if they were eh, unaware. There's I some pretty imagine. shitty people in the world. I'm not sure about that. But but what you're applying is that people will be trying to that would be up to the establishment. Those establishments would get shut down. I'm sure there would be legal issues. Those things would happen. Of course they would. Yes. There would be problems. Nothing's perfect. You're, you know? Yeah, I think you're also assuming that suddenly all of Congress is going to become non-Christian people. Predominantly, those people are Christian, no, have Christian no. values. It'll, yeah, so. I don't think it'll happen. Nah. Unfortunately. It's For just sure. in- interesting to For think sure. about. Maybe. Maybe one day. You know, pot's almost legal everywhere, so. It's a small step. Yeah. Um, but that's our audience, and that's our thought. That was a fun talk. Um, speaking of which, uh, Fish, as somebody who, you know, as we, I was joking earlier, <laughs> lacrimose, as someone who, um, uh, God, I had a really good joke, and I fucked it up. Oh, well. Um, Fish, how you been doing, my friend? Uh, you doing all right? We doing all right? Yeah, doing okay. I have a proposition for you. How about this? Uh-huh. I know, I know, we've been smashing a lot, and um, mm-hmm. smashing with our friend Ryan too. And no one's been—you haven't. Thankfully, Josh hasn't been playing with us. No one's been able to topple me in like a month now. I haven't even lost a single match. Um, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on fire. Um, I've actually. Been so, as you guys have been smashing, time. you've always been on top, is what you're saying. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's my preferred position. While fish and uh, uh, fish and uh, Hakuna have been power bottoms. Essentially, uh-huh. yeah. Well, power. Yes, exactly. I, the, the metaphors are beautifully painted here. Um, and I have a proposition for you. If you can beat me, sometime the next week we set up a tournament. We do a best of seven. Whoever wins, you have to win four games. Has to buy yeah. the other person the amiibo of their choice. Oh. So if, no, Josh, you can't get fish. Oh, lessons. I was gonna. No, <laughs> uh, no I was gonna coach him. No lessons. Um, <laughs> That would be unfair. Uh, he has to coach himself. I've been coaching myself. <laughs> okay. So you do. You buy me the Ganondorf amiibo if I win, and I have to buy oh. you the amiibo of your choice. Okay. Interesting. I'll think about, mm, I'll think about that. Yeah. I kind of like that. It's not bad. But, yeah. Yeah. Give you a little incentive. You know? Here's the problem I've realized, Josh. When you're on top, Everyone's always nipping at your heels to take you down, and it sucks, mm. okay? If, like, it's all they want to do is beat me. I could beat Fish a hundred times. If he beats me once, it's going to be, like, the end of time. I'm never going to hear the end of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I've gotten. Uh, I don't know if I like that feeling very much. <laughs> it's, every time we sit down to Smash, it's just like, well, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. We want to watch Morgan lose now. Uh, I'm pretty good with Ganondorf. Uh, I still actually, uh, Josh, I want to play you privately without a wager on the line to test myself. See how good I've gotten. So you're uh, playing Josh Ganon to, now, huh? Josh, yeah. All right. I haven't touched another character in about a month. So. Okay. Wow. I Why? I just, I really love the way he plays. I just think it's really fun. Yeah. It's, 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 it's anticipation. It's uh, very measured. Um, he, ha- you know, he can drop like a rock. You can fuck yourself up real bad. But I like. I like his style of play a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fun character in this game. Like, this is the first time I've actually enjoyed playing Ganondorf. Is in, 
in this version of Smash, and he is he this is version. Fun. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's good. He is. Yep. He's really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't. I and don't think been... he's like top tier or anything, but he's still really good. And is it, the biggest thing is that he's actually fun to play this time. Um, yeah. Yep. Really fun to play. There are still a couple people I won't tell Fish that if I see them online, I have a hell of a time with them. But um, you know, one of the funnest things about competition online is that you're just trying to feel the other person out. They might kick your ass at first. You kind of learn their patterns. They learn yours. The nature of competition is. You can't. You can go into it with a little bit of a game plan, but it's about adjustments, and that's what I think is so fun about it. It's like seeing what they're right. doing. You know, I had this guy kicking my ass with piranha plant for like, he was just obliterating me, and then I finally like evolved to his the way he was playing, and I was able to beat him. But it was like incredibly difficult, and it was more about adjusting to what he was doing instead of like I, I didn't mm-hmm. go into the game a better player. I just had to sort of learn, and and that's the tricky part. Um, yeah. And that online system is fucked because I did three matches with Cloud and I won and I had a three million fucking GPS score. I was gonna taunt Fish and be like, "Look, I played Cloud. I have a three million score." Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's not. It's it, it really doesn't make sense. It was like I was mentioning before with like Palutena. It's like you get on. It's not even like a winning streak thing. It's just like if you happen to be matched against people who have a ton of points to lose, mm-hmm. and it's it's it, the points don't really seem to mean anything in this game. Like, basically any score between 10k and about 3 million are all essentially the same power level. Like, once you get above that and below that, you're kind of, yeah, like, it actually means something. But everything in between is essentially the exact same power level. I had a theory about how to break it, and that's what I did, uh, Josh. And that was, I started with a new character, and they start off at, like, 500,000, right? Mm -hmm. All of them do. It shows you what they start off at. If you win your first battle, you almost jump immediately to a million. Then it matches you with somebody who's about a million. Then you can launch up to 15 or a million and a half. Then if you win that match, you're at 2 million. Mm -hmm. But the second you lose three or four and you go down to like 70,000, you're only fighting people that are worth 70,000 points. You can never get back out of it. Yeah. No, you can never get out of it. Yeah. You can never get out of it. So it's it's a stupid system. Anyways, that's our smash minute. I'll let you know if we engage. I have a really, really funny video going up on the VIP Instagram, which, by the way, you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for the VIP page. I have a really funny Smash Brothers video that I'm putting up this week. And speaking on that, we're thinking about opening up a $666 tier uh, where Morgan does a boudoir photo shoot. It'll be a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, We're thinking about opening that one up. For a one-time investor. And I'm trying to think about not doing that. Just trying not, <laughs> desperately trying not to Josh think about that. It. It's hard. Yeah. Well, That's fair. Uh, never mind. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Frank. Yeah. Now, if you want to think about it, let me know. Um, <laughs> have you guys, no, our, our do you guys have any interest in... Pages. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Morgan. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> he's like, he's, like, he's pimping the page. I got to let him go. Um, I was going to say, our, there's a lot of cool little inside jokes on our VIP Patreon page. Um, you can see Fish buying his first... Um, 4K TV and making uh, Asian squeals. You can see a rare footage of me playing Smash Brothers online. Clips that we take from uh, our podcast. Um, Fish is Valentine's Day. I mean, it goes back and back and back if you sign up for the first time. There's so much cool stuff there that really is like a nice compliment to the show. You know, it's like if you if you want a great burger, you know, this is like an incredible fry with a nice dipping sauce to complement the burger and make it more delicious. 
So patreon.com slash sword Check it out. Yeah. What about Go ahead. what about that uh that new idea we integrated this week? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yes, yes, yes. I almost forgot. I apologize. Um we have special polls that are just on the Patreon page. I meant to get that sooner. I'll do that next week and in the future. I apologize. But basically the idea is that if you're a Patreon supporter of at least a dollar or more, we have a special poll which gives us something to talk about that you actually vote and decide on. And Shay, what was the poll this week and what were the results? I had just asked basically uh, what people had thought was their game of the year so far. I gave them four main choices, which were Resident Evil 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, um, Anthem, even though it's a little soon, and Far Cry New Dawn. And the fifth choice was some other game. And I remember Resident Evil 2 had two two votes. Kingdom Hearts had two votes. The other two had one vote. One vote. English. And uh, the uh, other, some other game had three votes. One person had, I believe it was Core in Space, had written uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was their game of 2019, even though it came, and he said, even though it came out last year. So, um, because he said he, he's still playing it this year and he loves it. So, uh, yeah, it's that, that was the initial one. I'm probably going to roll out some more interesting polls, you know, for the week or, or Morgan or I will roll them out more. Uh, you know, we'll try to get some more impactful and meaningful ones, but that was just kind of the initial one, just trying to get the ball rolling. So Resident Evil was voted uh, by our patrons. That one and Kingdom Hearts uh, both had two okay. votes. So, um, yeah, I would say Resident Evil is my clubhouse leader right now. But I mean, it's only February. But yeah, I. Well, it's, it's March now. Oh, oh, yeah, it's February there. It's um, March here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny. Uh no, I think Resident Evil two and for me right now, Wargroove is up there. But I think I would take, if, if I had a gun to my head, uh, that being a, a super soaker, I would probably go with Resident Evil 2. I have a feeling that um, Fire Emblem might, unfortunately, wipe out a lot of the Wargroove, because Wargroove is released so early in the year and Fire Emblem is going to be so big. I just have a feeling that it's going to kind of, you know, wipe out the memory of that, which is unfortunate, unless it's great, in which case, I guess that's what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I think Wargroove, I, I know you didn't like it, but I still think it's a great game. But I was going to, like, I was actually going to ask you guys not to entirely change topics. You get, Do you guys have any interest in trying out uh, Jump Force? Because I played, I, I didn't tell you guys this, I played it last weekend at a friend's house. We kind of had, like, a tournament. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. I was surprised at how much fun I had playing that game. Um, I'm, it's, I don't know, how can we get a hold of it without spending money, I guess? Is that possible? <laughs> it's just, that's something I'd probably just pick up, but the problem would be is we wouldn't be able to play it together unless we all pick up a mm. copy, but, um. That's true. I, I don't know if there's a demo that's out a, there. That's something you guys should look into, see if there's a demo, but it's, it's a super fun game. I had a ton of fun. Uh, basically, we are trying to, you know, we're trying to pair different teams together of our favorite anime characters 
Um, you know, it's a it's a game for an anime lover. And so I was pairing different One Piece characters with different characters from Dragon Ball, with different characters from Hunter Hunter, and uh, it was super super fun. I I loved it. Uh, I was, you know, we play also played Soul Calibur Six that night, and I got my ass destroyed. I used to be so good at that game, and now I'm just AIDS at it. But I I played Jump Force, Whoa. and I was just destroying everyone. And uh, I learned that Blackbeard from One Piece on that game is way OP. He is so overpowered, as he is in the anime as well. But yeah, if it's like if you guys download the demo, it's some, and you guys end up liking it, that's something we should play together in the future. Because I know you guys are still heavily entrenched in uh, Smash right now. So yeah well it just came out in december so i think it feels like we're just playing an older game but it was kind of a tricky one because it was released right at the end of the end of the year although shay if you're if your soul caliber plays aids you should probably just get vaccinated mm, but man I, I i don't know how to tell you this but it doesn't work Damn, i was trying well, you were going on your whole vaccination thing earlier. I was trying. I was caught. I'm trying. Here. Oh no! I was saying you can't get vaccinated for being bad at Soul Caliber Six. You just have to accept it. <laughs> yeah, you can. Um, you can buy. Yeah, I know we have a lot of memories on that. Um, uh, well, I mean, we're at about two and a half hours here. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but again, let us know what you think of the new experimental format. Um, it's been a great show. Everything from prostitution to anthem to Pokemon. I mean. We didn't miss anything. Uh, fish, crazy monkey sex sounds. I mean, it had it all. It had it all. And, uh, and again, I apologize. I, I probably shouldn't be sick next week. I'll be back, and hopefully I'll be sounding real good. Now remember, you can download Shay's podcast, Evoking the Sublime. That's right, Evoking the Sublime. Everywhere. He interviews game creators and directors. It's fantastic. Um, I have a podcast called In The Blood. That's right. I interview music composers in the gaming industry. You should look for that too. <laughs> it's a good thing you're specifying what kind of podcast that is with that voice. Because <laughs> uh, if you didn't specify, <laughs> if you just said In The Blood, check it out. In that could sound very, it, very, very wrong. It's a, it's a, we're jumping on the murder podcast hype. It's a true crime podcast. That's right. It's a, it's, a, it's a Dexter TV show rating podcast is what it is. Because, you know, right. people are clamoring for an in-depth analysis of Dexter like it's 2011 right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to listen to the show. And like the star of Dexter, Dexter Morgan, my name is Morgan. And uh, Josh, I want to thank you for being here from Michigan, uh, Fish from Texas, Shay from Japan, and everyone taking some time to listen to this show. We'll be back next week to fill your ears with the sultry sound of gaming nonsense. Until then, see you next week.